Tenpence Arcade Podcast is sponsored by Retro Games Party. Get out of emulation and into the arcade with Retro Games Party. Arcade game hire for public events and private parties. With three regular community-led meetings throughout the year, there ain't no party like a Retro Games Party. Visit their website at www.retrogamesparty.co.uk and get involved. The Tenpence Arcade Podcast is a proud member of the Retro Junkies Network and Throwback Network. Hello and welcome to the Ten Pence Arcade Podcast. My name is Sean Holly, aka In Your Face Sean Holly, and you are, sir. I am Victor Marland, aka Vervic. You are indeed. And what have you been up to since the last podcast, sir? Well, apart from playing video games, which we like to talk about, I have been doing all sorts of things, and they've all been reasonably awesome. <laughs> reasonably. Well, for a start, I've been doing a few little um, little jobs for people, actually. I was rang up by someone a while back uh, about a machine I sold them, a main machine. It was an old, uh, what was it? It was a little jammer cab that I'd ma- I put MAME in it for him, and for some reason it stopped working. He said, oh, it won't work. I thought, well, oh, God, here we go. So right. I went around a little while ago and, and sorted out for him. It's just a main PC inside that wasn't booting up. I think they must have turned it off without you know pressing the button properly, just turned it off at the wall, which is never good for uh, Windows PCs. But this time he said, oh, it's, it's at the studio because he's storing it at the moment and some of his mates are looking after it. Oh, it won't start again. Oh, God, here we go. So I went round there and I'd look at it and yeah, it wouldn't start. All the arcade machine looked fine. The monitor was coming on. You could see it was blank, but was still on. And it was basically the PC battery. You know, the little the round battery inside a PC that holds all yeah. the BIOS settings? It was that was gone. Yeah. It, was, oh. it was going beep, beep. And I thought, that's a, that's a keyboard error or something or BIOS error. So I plugged another another screen into it that wasn't an arcade screen, and sure enough, it was the old press F1 to continue, F2 to go into setup. You can put the keyboard in all that lot. So I hit the button again, and eventually, it, it, well, it started. It tried to load up and got a blue screen of death. Thanks, Windows. <laughs> Typical old thing. And then I mucked about with it a bit. I pulled a few things out, pulled a few things back in again. Works absolutely fine. So another job, little little job done. And the guy's face, when I actually got it working, he went, oh, wow, have you got this? Have you got that? I was like, yeah, yeah. Put Street Fighter 3 third strike on for him. He was going mad. I got beaten up in two seconds. Oh, I need some <laughs> practice. I need some practice. Yeah, yeah. All right then. So that was uh, that was quite fun. But basically, he turned into a 10-year-old when he got all that joystick. It was lovely to see. I like doing that. When you sort of you, st- you see these people who haven't, haven't seen a game for like 10 or 15, 20 years, and then they're suddenly confronted with it, that all their youth comes back. It's brilliant. Yeah, it's good, though, isn't it? Yeah, another thing I did, another little um, couple of arcade jobs for other people I did, is I went to see Harry the Jazzman Bolt. <laughs> yeah, Jazzman. Um, yeah, he's, he's a jazz uh, pianist. That's oh. his actual job. He's really good, apparently. Wow. Uh, he wanted to fix some buttons on his Starblade. You know the, you know the sit-down Starblade with a huge screen? You, I sent the picture of you. Yes, yeah. Well, it's that, and it's got like a flight yoke on it, and you shoot stuff, a bit like Galaxian 3 on a smaller scale. And um, the buttons in it, there was one button missing. There's four buttons. There's two for your sort of forefingers and two for your thumbs. And one of the buttons was actually missing. And that button is the one that controls the bio, the settings. So he couldn't actually get it into free play mode. So he had to keep hanging the door open and pressing the service switch and messing around. And he, you know, he's got a button missing. And I think yeah. all the buttons do the same thing. But when you're in test mode, they do different things. So right. I took the thing apart and just touched the wires together inside, which, which gave you the same. But he wants to replace the buttons, so I bought him some buttons on for the top ones, and they were slightly too big to go in there. 
So I said, oh, I can, I can sort of shave it away and, you know, get the buttons in it. It'll look a lot better because these ones in here aren't original anyway. Some mm. of them actually retrofitted and just some rubbish old Maplin ones, you know, sort of a lot smaller and they didn't really fit properly and it looked a bit of a bodge. And the actual grips weren't screwed back together properly. You could see there was gaps in them where they didn't quite fit properly. Yeah. But I thought, oh, I know someone who's got a Starblade. And uh, I gave him I gave him a message saying, oh, have you, do you know where you can get any of these buttons from? And luckily enough, this was Bruno, who's Darth Nuno on the Dragon's Lair fans forum. He's got a Starblade. So I've got four brand new old stock ones that I got off a working unit. I think the one that was scrapped years ago. Yeah, so, you know, oh, he good. did a really good price on He's going to try and look them out for us and send them to us. Thank you very much. So he'll have some original buttons on there, which must be like hen's teeth to try and find. Yeah. Really shiny white hen's teeth. <laughs> uh, tell me some things you've been doing. A few other things, mate. What have you been up to lately? Well, I have been to, guess what? Dun, dun, dun. Arcade clubbing. Yes. yes. Tell, us, tell the listeners, club. if they haven't heard before, what Arcade Club is and where it is. Well, it's based in Haslingdon in Lancashire. It's um, £10 to get in, and you play all night. There's over 100 games in there, pinballs, arcade games. Um, you can go in, play your little stubby hands off, <laughs> and there is just tons to play. It's really good atmosphere. It's set out like an old 80s arcade. Um, you know, the music, everything. Yep. Unfortunately, I've been to the old site when it was your birthday. Yes. And it's absolutely lovely there. Really, it's in the back of a computer um, shop. It's quite a big shop, and it was laid out really nicely. Lovely carpets, lovely uh, things on the wall, old spectrums on the wall, and you know arcade paraphernalia all over the place. And there was some candy cabs. There was a load of wooden cabs. There was a load of generic cabs. There was a load of pinball machines. There was uh, snacks and drinks and all that sort of stuff, and you could bring your own. And it's a really, really nice atmosphere. But where is it now? Well, it's about a mile away. It's mm-hmm. still in Haslingdon. Um, it's where, it's the new frontier arcade. That's where it is. Yeah. So I know you've been before. You can remember as you walk in before, you you presented with all the arcade machines. Yeah. Well, what they've done now, they've taken out a row of the cabs, the arcade cabs, as you walk in, and that is now pinballs. Oh, okay. So the first pinball as you walk in is like Metallica, the brilliant shiny new Metallica, and then you've got all the rest like along to the right. Yeah. And then they've slightly redesigned it. There's like a little snack bar area to the left. Mmm. Horse Doobers. And you can play everything on free play all night. Oh, brilliant. Yeah, so I had a, this time, right, I always end up playing like Star Force, Wonder Boy, Cuba, and nothing else. So I've tried to play a few different games. Yeah, I tend to do that. Usually games I've actually got in my own garage, I play elsewhere. I don't know why I do it. it. Yeah, I know, it's silly, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, Aliens, which is like a run and gun thing from 1990, a Konami thing, I think. Now, that's pretty good. Oh, okay. Like, um, different there's like a 3D bit and everything. I quite like that. Midnight Resistance, which was all right. Is that one with the spinny joystick where you fire yeah. all around the clock? You've got like a, a spinny Ikari Warriors type joystick. Yeah, it's quite quite decent, that. Yeah, Quartet. Oh, yeah, yeah. They did that on No Quarter recently. It seems quite a good mm. game, actually, especially with four players. Yeah, the gra- graphics put me off. A very kiddie graphics, but yeah. yeah, maybe you could get into that. Crazy Taxi. A couple of, couple of good pinballs, actually. Can I Jungle ask you one or... thing? Yeah, go on. Did you make some crazy money? Um, I don't know. I couldn't hear the sound. I probably did. Oh, rubbish. Yeah, it's a good uh, game. That, I loved that on the Dreamcast. Yeah. Loved it on the yeah. Dreamcast, that game. Really, really good. A couple cool. of old pim- good old pinballs, Jungle Lord and Fireball. Yeah. I would say early 80s pinballs, you know, they're like the ones before the dot matrix displays. Oh, the solid state ones. 
Yeah, very yeah. nice. Yeah, really some of those nice. are really good, those old solid states. They're a bit more involved than the old EMs and not quite as mad as the new ones. Yeah. Yeah, I know what you mean. Also, Dogyun. 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 Which is a Japanese teleplant game. I thought it might be. Yeah, I've heard of that one. Yeah, oh, that's really good. Strange, strange power-ups on that. Very bizarre weaponry, but when you get used to it, very good. Excellent. I did. I did play some of the usual suspects. Space up. Oh yeah. Did you beat your own score again? No, I wasn't that good. good. I got the highest. I got the highest score, but it was about hundred and thirty-three thousand. No one else beat that, but yeah. not up to my normal uh, twitchy handness. I wish I wish I'd known what a good game that was when it was up for sale before the arcade club or whoever bought it, because I would have snapped that away in a, in a second's breath nowadays. Yeah, especially if I think it went for quite a low price as well. And it's such a cool little game. It's mm. really smart. I really really like that game. And the cab as well. Yeah, the yeah. cab is beautiful. It's really really nice. Whoever made that did a really good job of it. Yeah, so I played Berserk, Star Force, Galaxian, Terra Crestor. Hey, I couldn't play Wonder Boy. Good, because it's rubbish. But they had a problem with some ja- a jam or something. That you know when you have to harness the jam. Oh yeah, a jam harness. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, you well, need a bit of bread. To, they to hadn't it harnessed up. it properly, and the buttons was round the wrong way. So the run and jump button and the fire button were were, were reversed. That probably would have been better for me because I was getting a bit of a muddle with that when I was playing it. Anyway, I probably might be better off with the buttons round the wrong way. Yeah. So when they've sorted out that kind of jam problem, yeah. Um, I don't know how they're going to do that. That'll be uh, brilliant. And also, the Retro Gamer Forum Shoot 'em Up League. Oh, yes. How are you doing in that? Still 28? A new game. No, I came third, actually. Really? Well done. What game Sonic it? Wings. Yeah. Oh. Sorry, Sonic Wings. Yeah. Is that the Blue Hedgehog with wings? Uh, no, it's an airplane. Oh. Shouting stuff. Shouting stuff. Shouting stuff. <laughs> Shouting stuff in face. <laughs> uh, and Space Harrier is the next one. Oh, dear. Space Harrier, to me, is like Outrun and Pac-Man, and games of that ilk. I love everything to do with them, just don't like playing them. Yeah, it's. I think I can, I'm going to get into it, but it yeah. was set on five lives yeah. at the arcade club, so I can't really play that one because it's three lives in the contest. Yeah. Well, I can not just flip the dip switches for you, couldn't they? Just for that, that evening or whatever? Yeah. yeah. I wonder if there's jam in these machines as well now as yeah, it's a jam green problem. and black things that Jams. power it. Another thing I did in the weekend yesterday... I went to see Silflox, Silver Fox, 0786, Sarge. Um, Silflox? Silver Flox. <laughs> Flocks of Silver. Yes. Yeah, he invited me round, actually, to check out some of his arcade collection and some of the electronic wizardry he's been working on. And he's been actually making, he's a clever thing, he's been making mm. um, all sorts of uh, little cartridges and, and PCBs and, you know, he, has, he designs them and he has them made in China or whatever with a service. And he's been doing blank custom Atari 2600 cartridges, which you can, you can burn your own games onto EEPROMs and put in there and play them, yeah. uh, which he, he actually gave me one. And he also gave me an Atari 2600 Junior motherboard, which I'm going to make a custom case for, which is very generous of him. Thank you very much, Sarge. And I've burnt a few games for it, and it actually works. I've got it working. That's good. I had to AV mod it as well, which is sort of half done. And he gave me a little AV mod, and I managed to get that right. Uh, so that's been, I've been playing on that a little bit. I've been playing a really cool little game called Jawbreak or Jawbreaker. It's sort of a cross between Pac-Man and the intermediate levels of Zookeeper. You're jumping around on those, those horizontal lines. Yeah. It's a really yeah. bizarre, it's a bit like, you know, that game's Zizix or Zizix, Z-Z-Y-Y-X, Z-Z-Y. Always the one at the bottom of Mame. 
I've heard of it. It's a really cool little game. We might have to do that one day. It's fun. It's a bit like that, crossed with Pac-Man. It's a, it's a really right. nice little game, fun little thing. Uh, yeah, he also he's also made himself a, a high school module for Pac-Man and Bubble Bubble, and he's going to be sort of uh, releasing these to the public for a really really good price. He's doing really good uh, for the community there, um, and he's got all sorts of things in in the sort of wings that he does. But it's a clever thing. Mm, that is clever. I've also included his YouTube channel in the podcast show notes, so everyone can have a look at all the bits and bobs he's been making and messing with. He's a bit of a maker, basically. Yeah. And he showed me, um, I've been having this thing with an Amiga 600 lately. I've got a bit of an obsession about buying an Amiga 600. Yeah. <laughs> because I never had one as a kid. I played on a friend's, uh, 500, which was the bigger version, but it was, um, the earlier one. And a 600 is yeah. a really small compact one. And it fit in my little arcade cubby holes where I put all my little computers and, and video games and, and monitors and stuff. And I think it fit in there nicely, but they're proven to be quite expensive. I think they're quite sought after the 600s because of their size. And you can mod them with hard drives and stuff, so you don't have to be ever buy any, you know, knackered old three and a half inch discs that aren't going to work anymore. You can do all that mm. sort of stuff, and you can put different LEDs in there, and you can do all sorts of weird and wonderful things with them. He means floppy discs. So it's quite fun to play with. I just want one to play with, really. But they were going on eBay, and I think, oh, that'll do. That, that price is quite good. And they just got over and over, and it just went like double. I was like, no, I'm not going to pay that much for it. So, you know, yeah. I had, um, what did I have? I think it, it must have been a 1200 that I had, I think. Yes. My brother's got a 12. Well, my brother's hopefully got a 1200 he might be letting me have. So, but they're a bit bigger. I know it sounds yeah. stupid not being able to fit it in a little hole, but that's, that's just me, I suppose. But not as cute. No, they're not as cute. But the thing with the Amigas is there's some really good arcade conversions on there. It showed me Rainbow Islands, and that was a really good, it looked exactly the same as a PC Engine version, which is nigh on, if the, if it ever came out in the arcade, it would be the arcade version. So there's that as well. I've also been uh, busy on the death race. Obviously. Racing of the death. Racing yes. the death. Just to go over it again, death race is a very rare cabinet from 1976. I was fortunate enough to buy from a guy in Germany. It took ages getting over it. There's a big long story in one of our podcasts from before about how I actually got it over here, but eventually got it over. It was a bit of a shed, a broken shed at that, uh, but everything works on it. I've actually managed to test a few things out and everything actually works. Uh, I just need to do a lot of love and attention to it. So I've been, uh, I've been sort of stripping it down. I've been filling loads of holes, sanding them with P, you know, P38 car filler, sanding them. I've got all the steering wheel mechanisms. There's two steering wheels in a big box and then the gear levers. I've done all that. That's all together, all ready to go. I've been doing the foot pedals, the foot pedal box, which has been all stripped down. Hammerite painted the foot pedals, painted the rest of it, stripped and sanded bits I didn't filled bits I had to do, put the T-mold on. So that's nearly ready to be put together now and put in there. And the biggest thing is just getting it all sanded ready to put the vinyl on. Because I've actually got vinyl side up, which covers the whole side of the cab. Most of it's black, yeah. and down the bottom there's a skeleton. Yes. It, it looks a bit like a sort of early um, Skeletor. He's got a little um, a hood on, like death sort of thing, and his car's running about the place. <laughs> And um, I also put the side, well, the front art on the door. I sent you a picture of the door, a really big front coin door. And it's yeah. the vinyl sticker, so I made sure everything was smooth on it. And the wood was quite textured. And I put it on there. There's a lot of air bubbles and all this sort of rubbish. But I managed to get a lot of them out. And I had to glue one side, one corner a little bit more because the glue had sort of gone on the sticky. It had been a bit old. And I just put a load of books on it, a load of heavy books. And it's gone quite well, but it looks kind of textured. And because the cab is 76 and it's quite old, originally that would have been screen printed on there, painted and screen printed. And it doesn't yeah. quite look right. It looks neat. It doesn't look right. So I've made a big decision 
and I'm going to instead of use the side art on it, which is like the full side of the side art in vinyl, which would be murder to put on there because you're going to get a lot of air bubbles and you've got like a, a six foot piece of vinyl to try and move around and not get crinkled and all this sort of stuff. Yeah. I'm actually going to paint it. I'm going to repaint yeah. the whole side of it. Most of it's black anyway, and the only other colour is white on the actual art. And I've bought some paint pens, and I outline the actual art in paint pens, and then mask bits of it and paint it black and white. And I think that'll right. look more authentic, because originally it would have been printed, which looks like paint, I suppose, not vinyl. I think yeah. vinyl would look too new. I think it would mm. look false, you know? So what I'll probably do with the vinyl, when I actually get it done and I'm happy with it, I'll probably sell the vinyl on to, and there's not many death race owners but if someone wants to buy this side off me i will sell it to them for a decent price because i'm just going to use it i don't think but that's sort of um quite a big decision i've had to make then i think it's going to be a lot easier in the long run and i think it will be a lot better as well mm. yeah so you, you you're coloring in then basically a big bit of coloring in, but without me crayons like i normally do wow so how, how are you in that kind of you got a steady hand and all that or yeah what i'll have to do yeah. is get the cab on its side in the actual arcade garage and there's not a lot of room in there i think i can Probably just squeeze and I'll just be lying down on it for like hours on end, filling these little things in. But it's only sort of the outlines you've got to do with a paint pen and then sort of mask what you can and just paint it with a small half inch brush with white paint. Yeah. I'll right. do maybe two or three um, coats as well. And then the rest of it, I'll just roller because it's got a sort of a texture yeah. to it anyway. And I'm quite good doing texture with a roller. So I think it'll come yeah. out quite nicely actually. Oh, wow. Good luck with that. Yeah. I think it's, um, it's the better way of doing things, to be honest with you. And I've got a few days off next week. So hopefully I'll be able to sort of finish off the sanding and the, the bits of filling and so it's nearly there. And if you did everything on it, it would take forever. And I think it would just be overkill because some of it's just a little bit worn on the corners. It's not actually broken off or anything. It's just a bit worn. So it's yeah. a bit like, and I think I'm just going to leave it like that. It's going to leave a bit away. I don't, I want it perfect, but I don't need to do that much to it. I think it's going to be mostly filler and no wood. So yeah. I'm just going to leave it, I think, and just do it and get it up. And because I want to see it. And I want it playing before you come and visit me, which is on yeah. the 21st of March. You're going to come down, stay here. I think you're going to visit your mum as well. And yes. we're going to go to the Hog in the daytime and then mm -hmm. hopefully go to the Four Quarters Bar in the evening. So if anyone wants to join us, come on down. Give us a message. And we'll sort something out for the daytime and then in the evening. I think yep, it'll be quite 21st fun. 21st of March. Yeah, yeah of it should March, be a good people. day. So if there's anyone in the sort of London area or surrounding areas... Come on down, we'd like to meet you. Mm. Yep, I've also been playing a lot of Vulgus. I've actually got the PCB of Vulgus. And I'm not sure if it's an original or a bootleg. It's a two-layer board, and there's no markings on it. But apparently the yeah. original didn't have any markings on it anyway, because it was the first Capcom board. And yeah. I don't know how, how well off Capcom were with their first ever game. So maybe they cut corners of it and didn't do such a posh job of the uh, PCB. But I put it in one of my cabs. I've had it for a long time. I got it quite cheap. And I started playing it, and it's you know it's brilliant on the arcade. It's exactly the same as the, you know, the main version. There's no real difference, but on a proper machine. And I was yeah. playing it, and you know the tune in the background, the little tune that sort of goes on forever. That one. Yeah, sorry. That one. It. You can tell it sinks into your brain. Oh God, yeah, it does. But the funny thing is, right, it started playing the tune out the tune. It started yeah. going all wibbly wobbly like a ten year old was playing on a recorder. Well like it, me humming it like Yeah, that. It, it went up and down. No, it was worse than you. It went it went <laughs> oh, up and God. down the sort of octaves and then I thought, This isn't right. What's going on here? And I was playing it for about half an hour or so. 
and the actual music in the background it actually tailed off to nothing. There was no music. I was like, oh, this is you know the sound chips going. There's something wrong somewhere. But the game was playing perfectly, no problem at all, no graphical glitches or anything. The game was absolutely fine, and you could still hear the pew pew pews when you were shooting. Yeah. And I found it was better. I could concentrate yeah. a bit more actually. Uh, and I gave the game a bit of a thrashing actually. I've got into this one quite a lot. I mean, Wonder Boy. I had a really good evening playing it with Leon. He tried to help me out with it, and I was just no good at it. I really couldn't do it. I did try. Rubbish. But this one, I've been going, and I'm happy to say I've over-doubled my old high score. Wow. This I, is going to be kept, close, I, I think. Kept, I, don't, I think you're still going to win. But I kept... Every time I'm playing it, I'd have a go and have a go, and it'd be a bit rubbish, and, and I'd do a good one. And every time I sort of went in there to play it for a little session, I got better. And there must be about five pictures on my phone now, because obviously I haven't got the saves on it. And you have to take a picture yeah. of the screen to remember the save. And I actually took, I got about five different pictures of all slightly higher, slightly higher. And then one was a lot higher. Yeah. And yeah, I really, really enjoyed this game. Really been getting into it. Dodgem, mm. on the other hand. Hmm. Yeah. We, we shall talk about that later. We shall talk about that later. But, yes. um, yeah, with this board, I actually pulled a few ROMs out because I think it's the wonky ROM version I've got. Proper wonky yes. ROMs. They weren't yeah. that wonky, but I took a few out and cleaned the legs on and put them back and it did play better. But it keeps going. So I think one of the chips is is gradually failing. Before long, I don't think you'll have any music on there. So I will get it out on the bench and have a look at it and just see if I can um, maybe change the, the sound chips around or something. Maybe it's in the sound EEPROM that's gone a bit funny. I don't know. But I will have a look. In Maine, there's a certain... I think there's five different sound settings in this game, like on the slider, and you can actually turn the sound completely off. It's, it must oh. be on one dedicated channel, and you can have all the pew-pews. Oh, right, okay. So you can turn turn the... Sorry, the tune. You can turn the yeah. tune completely off. Oh, right. That's, maybe that's what it is, then. Maybe that the emulation was emulating the part the mind's failing, and you could actually mm. turn it off. But it was really yeah. funny how it was going... It's just like getting <laughs> up and down. I was like... This isn't right. It just isn't right. It's quite funny though. Go home, Volgus. You're drunk. Yeah, you've had it. You've had enough. <laughs> as well as um, you know, the uh, the arcade club moving to the new premises. Um, apparently, there's a John Bud, our John, we Scottish guy. He did a video yeah. of it, a little walk round. He did. Which yes, which is quite cool. But- I'll put that on the show notes. So everyone, have a look at that. I encourage everyone to go there because the good thing about it being in the bigger premises now is more people can attend, and it'd be more of a party atmosphere. Yeah, last night it was full yeah. but not packed. It was perfect actually. Yeah, yeah. You got you got the atmosphere. Not so not so busy that you were being crushed against machines, but mm. it was full and it was just right. It, it was a very good um, opening night for the new venue, I think. Yeah, excellent. Well, when I come up to Manchester, when my wife has got a, some sort of work conference there, I'm going to visit you on Saturday, and we're going to go up there. And I think we should go, if we've got enough time, we can nip to uh, the Batcave as well, do some get some console goodness. Well, the Batcave is only on the first Saturday of every month. Oh, is it? So, okay. Yeah. I missed that one. I was going to bring me in television. Maybe I'll just bring it up and let you have a look at it. That's yeah. another thing I've just remembered, actually. Um, Sarge has been really cool, and he's lent me, only lent me, mind, uh, a diner cart for the Intellivision. And that was yeah. like the unofficial follow-up, only available, as far as I know, on the Intellivision, of Burger Time. And it's a really cool little game. I've got to give it him back to, unfortunately, because it is quite an expensive cartridge. I can imagine uh, he will, he'll be wanting that back. I'm going to try my hardest not to give it back. But yeah, I've had a quick go on it, and it is a really cool little game. Really nice. Okay, that's all that. Our sort of uh, weekly endeavours sorted out. Now let's get on to uh, arcade news from around the world and local areas. 
I think you're developing quite a bit of a talent here for finding certain style of game on MAME. Yeah, sorry about that. Uh, filth. I've been finding filth games on MAME again. That one lover boy that, that you found was... Uh, filth? Not, not a, yeah, filth. And you found another one called Swinging Singles. Yeah, it's bad, isn't it? It's a very bad, like, platform maze game thingy hybrid. Yeah. And then you get this cutscene, which is nothing to do with the game, which is just filth. Yeah, just pixelated dirtiness. So you quickly moved on to from that to a game called Wonderstick. Whoa, and what's whoa, that whoa. That is not what's fair. What's that about, Vic? Right? I was just looking through Main for some games to supply, and I found this really cute little game with a penguin called Wonderstick. I don't know why it's called Wonderstick. And it's a cute little penguin, and you, it's almost like Amidar, but with nicer graphics. It's a modern game. And you go around, and when the baddies are after you, if you fill a square in when they're on the square, they'll, they'll fall in, a bit like um, Thin Ice on Intellivision. You know, you sort yeah. of create a, an area, and they fall into it, and you can kill the baddies after that. And I, I was playing it. I sent you a thing saying, oh, it's a really good game. Said, oh, that's filthy. You found another one. I said, no, it isn't. It's fine. And he's like, have you played it properly yet? You've seen behind the pictures. I went, hold on a minute. And when you fill in the squares, there's a picture behind the squares. And it's it's a, a, a young lady, and she shows her bottom, among other things, after a while. <laughs> it's very similar to, uh, I think, is it Fantasy 96 and Playgirls? And those kind of um, kicks types games where you fill it in, there's a, there's a dirty picture in the background. Oh, Gals Panic. Yeah, Gals Panic yeah. and all that sort of It's a yeah. game. But if this game, this game should have had a dip switch setting on it where you can change it from dirty ladies to cute picture of kittens in the background. And it would have yeah. been brilliant because it's a really good little game. It's a really cool yeah. game. And I would have said, if it had nice pictures in the background rather than filth, I'd have said, yeah. let's do it as a, as a challenge. It's a really yeah. nice little game, but we can't do that. We could do a filth challenge now. We've got three games so far. Yeah, we might lose our rating if we do that, bloke. Yeah, yeah, could do. Yes. Right, um, coding legend Jim Bagley has joined one of the forums, UK VAC. Yes, good old baggers. He's brilliant. Yeah, he's already talking about doing certain hacks and stuff to the hardware with, with people on that forum. Mm-hmm. So that is very interesting because it is. he did the Pac-Man Minor Man, didn't he? He did. He's done a Jetpack um, as well, I think. Jetpack Man, yeah. That one. But, and as well as his career in all those other awesome games from the 80s and 90s and noughties. Yes, he's done He's done some phone games as well, quite good uh, mobile phone games as well. That's, I think it's mm. his modern job now. Yeah. But he's he's doing it, which is interesting to me, on Taito L hardware, which is Puznik and the, the tiny little boards are about six or seven inches square, these PCBs. And they, yep. they, there's a lot of little um, puzzle games on them. When I saw Sarge the other day, he had two different ones, and I've got Puznik. I think Puznik has got filth on it as well, but you can turn it on and off. (laughs) And what these guys are doing... Put it on the list. (laughs) Yeah, put it on the list. What these guys are doing is creating games for this hardware, like new modern homebrew. And it's really interesting because they're doing all sorts of little... They're almost getting like the Amiga demo days. They're doing doing sound and visual sort of demos to to show off the hardware and their programming efforts. And they're sort of getting into it. And hopefully before long, they can just convert an old 8-bit game onto that hardware. That'd be brilliant. Mm, yeah, excellent. They've got the Tokyo Game Show coming on in Japan this year. And seeing as uh, CGE Vegas isn't on this year, it's bi-yearly apparently, uh, I yeah. may be going to Japan again uh, when this is on. Mm-hmm. So that would be rude not to go to, wouldn't it? That would be a good uh, good day out. Oh, heck yeah. It's only open to the public during the last two days as well, so uh, it's all sort of a, an industry thing. But then on the last two days, that's when we get to go in, so that would be quite fun if I get to go to that. Mm. I've also, this is the first time I've ever done it, I've backed a Kickstarter project. 
Yeah. Uh, it's to make proper, authentic orange and blue Nintendo buttons that go on uh, Popeye, uh, all the Donkey Kong games, Mario Brothers, all that sort of stuff. Uh, and there's a guy called Mar- Mike Harland. Harland? Harland. And he's from Mike's Arcade. It was a really good shop in America. They sell all sorts of uh, Nintendo stuff and arcade bits, and that's where I got my old ones from. And the funding, they've got $2,730 of a needed $7,500 to make the dies, etc. Uh, the reason I funded it is because these buttons are really, really hard to find. I think I paid $50 for three yeah. buttons, which went on my old Donkey Kong that now James RGP's got. Um, wow. But the ones Mike was selling on Mike's arcade were supposed to be... Um, Sort of not reproductions as such, but just ones to get you out of the trouble. They, they're basically just leaf switches, leaf buttons that have been turned down at the back, so they fit in the smaller holes of a Nintendo control panel. And they yeah. weren't the right blue, and they weren't the right orange color because the blue's quite a lot darker, and the orange is sort of a burnt orange color. Yeah. And also, Nintendo buttons being smaller on the back, they've also got a taller throw to the plunger. It's actually taller than a normal button, quite a lot softer feel. And that's what you're going to do. They're going to make them exactly the same shape and exactly the same colour. I've uh, backed it for... There's different ver- levels you can back it for. And I've backed, I think, I think it's $30 plus $10 delivery to the UK for two blue buttons, which is your one and two player starts, and two yeah. orange buttons, which is just your jumps. And I want these for my um, Mario Brothers cocktail I'm going to be doing. So I've got all the bits yeah, for I just need to get yeah. on and sort of get on and do it really. So if you want some uh, decent Nintendo buttons for your Nintendo machine or your your new build that you're doing, get on and back it. I think it's worth it. Mm-hmm. Also, you know you like the mini scratch builds that people are doing where they they're, they're building a, an arcade machine from ground up from nothing. Yeah, I do. Yeah. Uh, Silverfox zero seven eight six Sarge, he's done one, and I had a look at it this weekend, and it's um, a a Pac Man mini. It's about yeah. the same sort of height as one of those uh, Sega Dino King cabs, a little kid's yeah. kid. It's really, really nice. And he did it from scratch. Uh, yeah. It's got all the really nice side art on it. Um, it's only got a six, uh, 48 in one at the moment. He's, he's working on getting a proper Pac-Man board in there. He wants it all original. He's going to get a decent, a better joystick for it as well. Because the joystick on Pac-Man are really, really, you've got to get it right to play the game properly. Mm. It's quite yeah. hard playing without it. Yeah, but he's given me an idea for something similar. I have all these things going on in my head, these projects, and I'm <laughs> yeah. trying to do them all at once, where I've just got to get one finished. So nothing's really going to get done yet until that death race is done, I think. That's a big enough job anyway, isn't it? Oh, God, yeah. Um, sad news, uh, RIP Steve Bristow, who was an Atari engineer. He's passed away at the age of 65, unfortunately. He was the yes. mind behind Tank in Indy 800, the old black and white games. Some fine yeah. old Atari cabs they were. He also had his hand in designing the 2600. And like Ralph Bayer, he was sort of a grandfather of gaming, and we salute his work. Yeah, he did a lot, didn't he? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so he, he was very influential, one of those quiet guys in the background that you don't really yeah. hear a lot of. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if it wasn't for him, we wouldn't have some of these games, maybe. Yeah, it was. It was. I think he was. Um, yeah, it was something to do with key games with Joe Keenan as well. Yeah, yeah. It was an Atari subsidiary, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. So, oh, Alex, um, he had some good news this week, mm-hmm. or maybe last week now. Um, he's put Battleshark had some great news on this cab today the Institute of, of Film in Netherlands has offered to help to get this film duplicated that's the film that runs in the Battleshark yeah. as the game's playing yeah it's an electromechanical m- machine that plays an actual game film which is displayed on a screen uh, it's, I think it's 16mm film uh, and apparently he's got to be a bit careful not to scratch it because it's very old I think uh, yeah. dust and dirt that may have been on it and so they're trying to get it trying to get it copied 
so in case it gets broken, he's not going to lose it because it'd be very, very difficult to find another one, if not impossible. Yeah, so they're going to try and do it for him for free, and he was being quoted £500 in the UK to get it done. That's awesome. That is really mm-hmm. good because it's, um, yeah. it's a really good cause, really, trying to preserve these things because once it's gone, it's gone. It has gone. Mm. Uh, fun spot. This is. We regret to announce this is fun spot that we will not be holding the international classic video game tournament this year. Mm. That's all. All it says on their site. Okay, that's usually at the end of May. So yeah. I went in two thousand and eight, and it's a, it's a brilliant festival. It's amazing. So there is plenty of others in in America. Yeah. Well, that, that are still going on. So there's yeah. a bit of confusion why this is happening. Actually, but well, why it's not happening. All right, but fun spot will still be open. I take it. Oh yes, yeah. Oh, cool. It's just they're not doing that thing. Yeah. Okay. Mm. Um, right. This is. We've been. Did we talk about this a while ago? It's a J Rock Cubert board. The FPGA Cubert board. It's finally available to buy. Oh yes. And it's got a few other games on it as well, hasn't it? Yeah. It runs on a thing called. It's um, the original arcade one was called Millstar Hardware, and it runs yeah. games like Cubert, uh, Cubert's Cubes. I think Reactor. And Mad Planets. Mad Planets, yeah, some other games that are really, really rare and hard to find. That is um, it's a, an FPGA board, so it's it's nigh on as close as you're possibly going to get to emulation on it, hardware emulation rather than software emulation. Yeah. And if people, because a lot of people do want the Qbert, um cabinets, and I know someone I'm looking at on a screen in front of me who would love a Qbert cabinet, <laughs> yeah. but they're very, very rare and very expensive. There's not many around, especially in this country. I think there's only a handful and the boards, if the boards go down, you, you're knackered, really, because not many people can fix them. But mm. with this thing, it's just, it, it fixes that. It's a, solu- it's a solution. It fixes it. And you can play these other games on it. And when I was looking at the video of it, there's all sorts of other um, uh, things it's got with it. You can, you can play the game horizontal or vertical. It'll actually spin the screen around for you like it would in main. And you've got yeah. loads of different settings for it. It's absolutely amazing. I think the the prices are. I'm not sure the prices now, but they're really really good. Cause you get a lot of games on there as well. Even mm-hmm. if you've got a proper machine and you haven't got the the internal hardware, this will sort you out. Similar to the the same sort of vein as the Williams multi boards that J Rock does as well. Yeah, yeah, it'd be nice. And uh, mm-hmm. there's a group by being organised by Sarge again on UK Vac, as well as some other J Rock boards. I think if people are after multi Williams and all that sort of stuff, they can get them on there as well. Ah, oh, that's good. Cool. Um, there's also something that popped up on the BBC website, mm-hmm. um, a pinball gallery in Budapest in Hungary, 130 pinball machines. Wow. Um, that is worth a visit if, you, if you're down that way. If you have a long lunch break, you can pop over. Yeah, nip over there when the boss isn't around. It says, the museum opened in April last year and is popular with adults and children alike. It has even hosted in- international competitions for pinball wizards who travel to Budapest from all around Europe. It's called the P-Ball Gallery. Uh-huh. So if I put a link to that, it, it looks really good, like all across the board, really old pins to, you know, spanking brand new ones. Nice. I love them when they're all together like that, especially mm. if they're in either chronological order or by manufacturer. You can see all the Stern ones, all the Gottlieb ones, you know, all the Williams. It's amazing. I love stuff like that. Uh, another one, I was just looking... As you sort of flip through the internet, randomly looking at stuff, mm-hmm. and I found that all it is is a picture, and the picture's called Donkey Tron. Mm-hmm. So someone, okay. someone's, someone's mocked up what Donkey Kong would look like with Tron graphics, and and the comments in the in the uh, below the picture is, oh, I'd, I'd have that on the t-shirt. Somebody make this game. Yeah. So it's just worth having a quick look at the picture. The 
like Mario is the little guy in the blue suit from Tron, yeah. and the discs of Tron are the barrels, and the little light cycles are coming down the ramps. Oh yeah, into the barrels. Yeah, it's quite a, quite a little cute thing. It'd be a good game to make. I wonder if Jim Bagley can do it. Shall we get on to him? Yeah, Jim, can you just make that for us, please? Thank you. Thanks, Jim. Cheers. I can't believe no one's done that already, actually. Yeah, Donkey Tron. Donkey Tron. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This one you sent to me as well. The grand opening of Richie Knuckles Arcade again. Uh, mm. If you've seen the film, can't remember the name of it, with Richie Knuckles in, it was this sort of uh, how he opened his arcade and had to close down. I think he ran out of money and he had all sorts of things against him. And, you know, it was quite a good film, actually, a good documentary about him. He's, he seems a really nice guy, if a bit mad. King of Arcades. That's the one. I actually saw but, that in a gallery. It was really good. I haven't seen it yet. But oh, it's I've... good, mate. Yeah, it's well worth buying, actually. Yeah. Very, very good. Especially just for the arcade, really, and what a character Richie is. But I watched the, the video of it. It was a Todd Tucky video. And Todd Tucky yeah. is a mental case. From TNT Amusement. He is. Yeah. He's very funny. He's very <laughs> yeah, funny. But yeah. he's a crazy man. Uh, he's definitely a crazy man. But the, the, if you watch some of Todd's videos, I actually subscribe to his video channel, his uh, yeah. YouTube channel. They're very funny, and they're always they actually repair and refurbish cabinets for sale. It's a proper business, and it's yeah. really good. And he, he always goes into real depth about what he's doing, and he, he does some really nice refurbs of machines and fixes stuff up. So he he went there to see Richie. Obviously, know each other, and they've obviously probably bought and sold cabs to each other. And I thought that um, it it looked quite empty. It wasn't that many people. There was, there was some people there enjoying the, the arcade. It looks a really really cool arcade as well. I think yeah. this is in New Jersey as well, where the last one was. It, I think it's the same site, but yeah, double yeah, the size. Yeah, yeah. yeah, there's some really nice cabinets in and The arcade looks amazing. But I didn't think there was that many people in there, to be honest with you. If that was in the UK, you'd have to have bouncers on the door knocking, you know, knocking people away with a dirty stick. <laughs> yeah. You wouldn't be able to get me out of there, I'd tell you, if that was around here. What got me about it was the little stories that Todd says as he's wandering around. He's obviously been there and lived the arcade thing. Yeah. Like, oh, in the early 80s, we had to do this to get this machine running. And yeah. some really interesting little stories as he's wandering around. Yeah. That's just reminded me, actually. You know, you said about um, these old boys who, who've done a lot for the arcades. I found out the other day that Bob Roberts, uh, the real Bob Roberts, uh, is not very well. I think he's had heart problems. And Bob Roberts, if you if you don't know him, if you're not an arcade collector or you've not fixed the machine before, he is probably the world's authority on arcade machines. He sells and puts together kits, uh, everything you can think of in an arcade machine. If you need a really rare yeah. capacitor, he'll have it. If you need a really rare part from an old Exidy game from 1974, he'll have it. You know, he's he's done he's done really well for the community. Uh, the way he works is a little bit odd. You've got to send him American dollars in an envelope. Right. He won't take you. You won't take uh, PayPal. He won't take uh, any kind of card uh, transaction, or whatever. You've got to get some American dollars, put them in a dirty envelope, and send them <laughs> to him. But I've used them a few times. Been absolutely brilliant. He's been absolutely first class, and I hope he gets well soon because he's had a few problems with, I think, um, a pacemaker. Because I think right. the guy is a workaholic. He works around the clock doing things for people. And everybody in the, the business knows of Bob Roberts. So right. get well soon, Bob. Hope you're all right. Yeah. Um, something that popped up last year, and there uh, it's come up again, a Killer Queen 10-player mm-hmm. double arcade cab. Say what? 
Yeah, they've got it on location test somewhere. I actually looked at this. It's two mad. massive screens back to back. Yep. Well, side by side, actually, isn't it? Yep. Kind of. Yeah, it looks almost like a, an old Nintendo Versus cab, the upright Versus cab, but it basically yeah. bolted two Nintendo cabs together. And there's five players on each side, isn't there? Yeah, and it's kind of a platformy Smash Brothers type of battle each other to death kind of thing. I isn't thought it? it looked very similar to Smash Brothers Melee. Where yeah. you're sort of jumping around, little tiny people jumping around on the platforms, but more players. I think you've got to collect, is it honey or something, or, or the strawberries? And you've got to take them back to your little hideout, and you pop them through a little hole. And I think you can duff each other up and stuff as well. There's, yeah, there's three ways to win on it, apparently. Mm-hmm. Um, stealth, or just aggression, or you know, some something in between. Those are a few of my favourite things. Stealth <laughs> and aggression. <laughs> Yeah, I looked at it and I thought, you know, absolutely brilliant, a new arcade machine coming out, but I really think that machine is destined to fail. Apparently, it's $11,000 to buy to $14,000 if you get different parts on it. And they reckon you need at least eight players at a time to have a decent, fun game. It's not the kind of game that works with one or two players. You want a bunch of friends on there all working together. So... I don't think it's going to work, mate. I hope it does. I really hope it does. But I can't see it, you know, the size of the thing. You need a massive building to put it in as well and huge mm. doors to even get it in there. So, yeah, I don't know. Is it in ground control or something? Is it taking the money in? But it needs to take a lot of money in to, to recoup. It's somewhere somewhere famous like that anyway. Yeah, I think it would work in a place like that because, I mean, one ground control was a very... It had a lot of people playing each other. I mean, there was groups of women coming in, you know, shouting and screaming at each other playing these machines. And also in, in Seattle as well, there was a place that was a video game shop and there was an arcade next door. Uh, that was a really cool place. And there was a lot of four-player games there. And there was a lot of people mm-hmm. shouting and screaming at each other and a really good time playing against each other. And I think if a place like that, it would definitely work. I think you have parties of people coming in just to play that game if it's a good game. I'd yeah. like to see it. I'd definitely have to have a go of it. It's good. Mm-hmm. Right, some more news from uh, America. Yes. Japanese-style candy cabs, uh, bar-top versions, are being manufactured. Oh, my lovely Lord. I saw this. These are amazing. They look That would look good on your table, mate. It would, wouldn't it? It'd look very good. Because you're a little bit limited on space in your house. That would be lovely. It looks exactly like a tiny Astro City candy cab, Sega Astro City, but in a bar-top. It looks like it's been moulded out of plastic. The screen on it, I think it's an LCD, but it looked to me like a CRT. They must mm. have done something with it. And uh, it's it's lovely. It's a really, really nice cab. It's not actually plastic, what they're saying. They're using acrylic lacquer, oh, okay. an acrylic lacquer finish to fibreboard and, and plywood. Oh. So it's it's got a, a candy look, but it's actually uh, plywood. Oh, okay. How cool yeah. is that, man? But it looks, yeah, they do look good. And did you know it's my birthday next week? Is it indeed? No, it's not. But if it was, Ooh, you <laughs> you could get me two of these, couldn't you? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I'll do that, shall I? Yeah, thank you. Right, while I was over in America, they're about, they're about $900, by the way, so they're not cheap. No, oh, that is quite expensive, isn't it? It is, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, California Extreme this year is uh-huh. another massive uh, uh, event, which uh, the Americans are so lucky to have all these events. They are, it's yeah. 18th to 19th of July. Mm-hmm. In Santa and Clara. The, yeah, and the there's a list of games on their webpage, and it just scrolls on and on and on. Starts with 
720 degrees and finishes probably with zzzzzix. No, finishes with Zookeeper. Ooh, that's a good one. But there must be 300. Wow. Pac-Man, Gallagher, everything. And then really you scroll good. you scroll down for six miles and then it gives you the pinball list as well. So there's loads of them. Yeah, that one is a really big one. I'd oh, love to go to that. It's California. Yeah. My wife likes California. Hmm. Yes, can work that in somewhere. I'll try. This one annoyed oh. me a little bit. Um, Game on 2.0. Uh, <laughs> I went to Game on the first one in the Barbican in London. It's brilliant. I think Archie yeah. McLean had a lot of his cabinets there. A lot of really cool cabs that I haven't seen for a long time. Some museum pieces. Really nice day out. I went there mm. and loved that. There's one again. It's in the Life Science Centre, Newcastle. Bleeding Newcastle, miles away. It's not that far. Oh, it is. For a day you know what? It's 23rd of May to 1st of November it runs. And you know what else is on okay. during that time? What is? Nerg. Nerg is on, on the Ooh. 21st. Oh, you are awful. But I like you. So you could go there one day and then yes. have a look at the Barbican. Oh, that's a good idea, bloke. Ooh, yeah. I like that. Victor likes this. Yeah, so, um, yeah, I might do that, actually, now you said that. I'm definitely going to Nerg again, so oh, yeah, I'll I might do that as well. I'll meet you there. Yeah. You can buy me a drink. Yes. <laughs> One of them, um, what was drinks. that American bourbon you were drinking? What is that called? Oh, uh, I can't remember. It's a small batch bourbon. I've got some left. If, you, if you hurry up, you'll have some when you get down here. <laughs> I better be quick. It's very nice. Oh, final bit of news. This is non-arcade news, but it is kind of relevant. Sort of, yeah. Yeah, the Raspberry Pi has now become the best-selling UK computer ever, which previously was a record set by the ZX Spectrum in the 80s, which sold 5 million. Wow, it's so, sold more than those in less yeah, time. Yeah, Raspberry Pi's just sold over 5 million, and it only came out in 2012, you know. Yeah, yeah, they've done really well. And there's You can a use new it one for now. everything, can't you? Yeah, there's loads of projects, including arcade stuff and, and retro consoles. But the mm. new one now, the Raspberry Pi 2, I think is almost twice as powerful. Yes. Uh, and they reckon that on the first Raspberry Pi, um, which I'm going to use for a little project soon, because I've got two of them lying around, they reckon the old one um, it lagged a little bit on some, some arcade games, some more modern ones. It, it wasn't very good and the sound wasn't very well emulated. Um, but the new one, they reckon it would just fly through these games now. It'd be no problem at all for it. Mm, I had MAME running on mine for, oh, okay. for a while. Yeah. yeah. Did you use, uh, there's a thing called Pi Play, which is the new one. I think it's taken over from Pi MAME. And you can I play, think, you can play, I think when you download it and you do it as a, as an image and you load the image in the SD card as the hard drive, it boots right into this thing and you can play everything on it. I think you can yeah. turn all the different bits off. You can just play one game at a time or you can just play arcade or just play Mega Drive or whatever. It sounds, I think it's very easy to, to sort out. I'm going to have to play with that in my, in my few days off because I've got it all on a card ready to go on there. I just need to plug it into a TV and, and have a fiddle with it, I think. Yeah, the new ones are the same price as well. Oh, yeah, they're dirt cheap. They're like £25, yeah. £35, they're, something like that. £32 on uh, Amazon, I think. Yeah, that's an absolute bargain. Especially that is for really this good. sort of thing. Yeah, that's cool. Mm. Okay, that's about it. Let's get on to our sort of losing out pickups. Yes. Well, we've not been getting many pickups lately because I've got mainly all the things I want and I've just been sort of concentrating on, on getting fixed the things I've been doing, actually. And the bits I've been buying are any little bits and bobs to fix things. But I've got a few things this week, actually, not completely arcade-related, but I've got the 2600 Junior motherboard and the little cartridge from Sarge. Thank you very much. 
I also got that diner cart from him as well, which I'm just borrowing for now. I was going to play that really cool little game. Yeah. But that's about it, really. So we're going to have to sort of uh, do something else for this, I think. Um, maybe maybe do some eBay things. Look on eBay and see what's selling on eBay at the moment. Some nice things maybe to be bought on eBay. Maybe if the viewers can send in their pickups. What, the people who watch their MP3 players when they're listening to us? Well, yeah, you can see the the, the minute counter going up, can't you? Oh, yeah, that's that's probably more interesting than listening to us. Come on, viewers, send in your pickups. Yes, please. We'd like to hear your pickups as well as things you think we should buy on eBay or things Sean should buy for me on eBay. Yes. For my non-existent birthday. <laughs> that candy cab, please. Yeah, that would be nice. I think two of them. Oh, yes, please. Running, yeah, running cave games. That would just be excellent. I'd never leave the house. Yeah, that would be pretty cool, actually. Mm, okay, yeah. let's get on to feedback. Yes. Which we have lots of. Loads of feedback. I, Probably makes up for our rubbish pickups, actually. Yeah. Thank you very much for it, listeners. Yes, you've given us loads of it. Thank you very much. Right, first one is from uh, Turn Arcades, Craig. Mm-hmm. On that game Shackled, because he mentioned that we should try and play Shackled and we couldn't find it, but it actually is there on MAME. Yes, I think my MAME, for some reason, had uh, a different ROM version of it. It wasn't called Shackled, it was called something else. Mm. Uh, mm. Or the other way around. And I actually eventually found it. I think you sent me the ROM because it wasn't working. And I found it and played it. And it's it's a bit like Gauntlet in space. So it sort of yeah. copied a bit of Gauntlet and a bit of Alien Syndrome and made it like that. And I, was, I played it for just a few minutes. And it seems a bit rubbish, actually. I didn't like it that much. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was called Braywood. The Japanese version called Braywood. And it, it, it seemed... It, it was a bit of a sort of spacey Gauntlet. But it didn't have the finesse of Gauntlet. I didn't. It didn't have the good music, didn't have the, the decent graphics. It seemed mm. very difficult to play as well. It seemed you were getting killed every two seconds on it. Maybe it's just some rubbish at it. But it also came out on Atari ST, the Amstrad, CPC, ZX Spectrum, Commodore 64. So I may have to get that on the Commodore 64. See what it's like on there as well, because I can play it on my little hard drive solution for it. I did have a little go, go and I was- I kind of got stuck to the bad guys. Did you find that? Yeah, yeah. They sort of get hold of you and you can't get away from them. You've got to shoot them from a distance, really. Whereas yeah. in, in Gauntlet, you were, you were sort of beating through the monsters quite quickly. You obviously lost a bit yeah. of energy as you were fighting them. But um, mm. it, it came on to the, the other thing about Data East. I mean, our mates know Quarter. They're always getting Data East in the corner of the playground and stealing their lunch money. Yeah. But, <laughs> you know, they're always beating up on Data East. Was there any good Data East games? Do you think? Yeah, there was a couple. We mentioned it. Was, yeah, there was, was a, a few. few, I think. A few. Uh, Bad Dudes versus Rad Dragon Ninja. That's quite a good little game. I think yeah. Robocop was similar kind of game. Yeah. Uh, and you've put on Captain America and Avengers. I don't know if I've ever played those ones. But the older oh, it's, games... They it's did... a good beat-em-up, that, yeah. Okay. Mm. They, they did some older games on the Deco cassette system. And that was um, stuff like Bump and Jump, Burger Time, Disco Number 1. Really old games. So they were quite good, I think. Burger Time. Yeah, yeah I forgot all about that. Data East. I think it was also released by Midway in the, U- in the US. Mm. But yeah, Data East did, did that as well. So, Cinnamon 9, Hannes, our guy in Austria, he's had given lots of feedback, actually. It, he recommends, yeah, Exerian. Exerian? Zerian? Yeah, because he says it's a, an unusual game. It's not one of the well-known games. No. So he thinks we should concentrate on more of that kind of game, which is, which is yeah, fair comment, isn't it? Yeah, we do like the older, obscure games, actually. We like mm. finding stuff, little gems. Well, it's definitely gone on the list, uh, Hannes. We'll have a look at that. We'll look into it. 
Yeah, he says it's a cool game from 83, um, a nice inertia feel on it. Mm-hmm. I've always struggled playing this. I, I, I do like the feel of the game, but it, I reckon it'd take a good couple of hours to get pr- the proper good feel of it. You know what I mean? Yeah, would I get in a strop and, and throw down my joystick and not play it again? Is it one of those uh, yeah, kind of games? Yeah, it might get a bit sweary. You know what I'm like. Yeah. <laughs> uh, D-Type, this is about the Dig Dug podcast. Great podcast, fellas. The, my first cab was a Dig Dug. <gasps> bought from Shallow Amusement... Not Shallow. <laughs> yeah, they're very shallow. shallow. They're, they're only like two inches deep. They didn't have a lot of depth. Swallow Amusements. They're well, amusements. well known uh, in, in Healing Island in Portsmouth. In 96. 96. It had Miss Pac-Man in it, but that wasn't included in the deal, so he took the board out. I think it was about 60 notes at the time. I eventually got it all working, but never really got on with it. No idea who I sold it to. Now he said, maybe I should take another look at the gameplay. Yes, you should, young man. Dig yes. Dug is excellent. 60 quid for a Dig Dug cabinet would be amazing. Wish mine was 60 quid. It was there last night at RK Club, and do you know what I did? Mm-hmm. I walked past it. <laughs> You are a waste, sir. A wastrel and a scoundrel. I just can't get on with it. But a lot of people could. It was getting a lot of play. No one's beat my score on it yet, though. I don't think so. 300 and something still. I think so, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I think it's it's still there. Yeah, cool. SilverFox0786. He's getting quite a lot of mentions, isn't he? He is, yeah. He's giving us a lot of feedback, which we love. (laughs) Oh, this is on the... um, The Wonder Boy picture you did. The image of uh, Tina, you being Tina. Okay. Oh, my eyes. That image is burned into my memory forever, and I won't be able to look at Wonderboy in the same way again. <laughs> Thanks for the great listening. Excellent. And Smarty on the same images, but... So Amy Winehouse and Walter White are hosting the show. Basically, yes. Yes, I lolled at that. <laughs> you lolled LOL. out loud. I lolled out loud. Ian Ski. Let's hope it's just a skateboard that Vic is searching for, because your hand is moving down, isn't it? Yes, it looks on a the... little bit dodgy how you've drawn that, actually. I think I think she's supposed to be crossing her arms in the original. Yeah, it's a, image. a dodgy, dodgy picture yeah. actually. We'll, we'll just say I was reaching for something. Yeah, yeah. Um, what is what else has he put? I better get a move on then. I haven't finished this podcast yet. Great stuff, guys, and a great game too. What Wonder Boy? No, it's not. Move on. Oh, it's very good. And oh, he's also put. I listen to most podcasts in bed, and I attend. I fall asleep before they're finished. Must be Vic's soothing voice, and catch up again the, the next night. Maybe I could do the, uh, the shipping forecast on Radio Four. Mm. Dogger Bank, fair to good. <laughs> Dig Dug Seven, Star Force, mildly windy. <laughs> I don't know what that was. Sorry about that. I don't know. No. So Silver Fox has is, is replied to this. He says, I actually listen in bed too and will do tonight, but it's Sean and Vic's interesting topics that keep me up. Yeah, definitely, well, actually, definitely that. It's actually it's insomnia, but we're not supposed to say that. Oh, okay. And then he's put, I can't believe you mentioned Crossy Roads, that, that iPad game. Is it iPad? Yeah, it's on, it's on various swipey screen thingies, phones and pads and stuff like that. I've downloaded it and laying there listening to the podcast playing Crossy Roads on my 6 Plus. My player is poopy pigeon yeah you play you can't i think you can be a frog but you play different characters and you can win them and you can buy them you know mm. downloaded content and all that sort of stuff but mine's a penguin i think you start off as a pig and you can get different <laughs> characters. it's a really cool little game i hope someone ports that to some kind of machine where you can play with a joystick because it's an absolute brilliant frogger clone on sort of an angle and the graphics are really cute they're really sort of square and chunky it's a lot of fun the game a lot of fun 
he's, yeah, he's also put uh, well the reaction on Wonder Sean's face I'm worried it may not be the skateboard he's reaching for <laughs> how can you listen to half and a half Ian Ski it ruins the whole listening experience I always listen to the whole thing and make sure I have time to do that get a move on with 30 he's telling him some interesting info he's saying later on on Wonderboy, Escape and Westone, West One or whatever, had a licensing, a licensing agreement whereby they owned the rights to the game, but Sega retained the rights to the main characters, bosses, and names. Yeah. Because of this, they teamed up with Hudson Soft to produce a conversion of the game for the NES under a new license. To get around the licensing issue, Hudson Soft simply had the graphics of the main character changed, yeah. and the result was Adventure Island, mm-hmm. which instead of featuring Wonderboy, featured a caricature of Takahishi Mijin known as Master Higgins in English. Now, I've looked this guy up, mm-hmm. or Jake did for me, Jake Smith, and, he's, and it is right. This guy, Takahishi Mijin, was a former executive of Hudson Soft, and he's famous for being able to do 16 shots a second on the Famicom version of Star Force. Oh, my Lord. Six, 16 shots a second. So he's got the fastest trigger finger in the world. Oh, my Lord. And then later on, it says in 2000, 2005... He was recorded doing twelve shots a second. Oh, is that that's all? Still, that's terrible. Yeah, that's that's a, a, I, I can do that. Try four. harder. Yeah, so it's based on a proper guy. That. Mm. Yeah, they adjusted his hair color and put a hat on him, and that was it. Basically, the game was, however, Wonder Boy in all but name. Hudson Soft retained the rights to the character, allowing them to continue to produce future games using the Adventure Island name. Mm-hmm. Sequels are not based on Wonder Boy sequels, but instead to continue in the same style as the original Wonder Boy, which, so they didn't go the RPG route. Yeah, that's a, there's a lot of different versions of this game, but mm. roughly the same kind of game. Yeah, so that, that's some good information there. It's, it's a, a lot of history to that, isn't there, yeah, the Wonder Boy? a lot to it, yeah, yeah. We've also had Chris Federico. Yep, Chris Plus Plus on Atari Age Forums. He's the guy who wrote the um, the book cast, the arcade video games book cast, which is really good. I actually read all of that, really enjoyed it. Uh, but he's playing uh, the 2600 version of Dodgem called Dodge, apostrophe, um. um, which is very similar, actually, a bit more colourful, though. Uh, he mentions that Dodgem is the same as two other games, which we'll be talking about later on. It's definitely, that is exactly what it is. And he also likes the fact that we cover old, more obscure games. We are trying. Yes. Davo, uh, he's listening to this today when he sent this message whilst working from home. He wasn't sure about my colour of lipstick on the picture you did. <laughs> I thought it was all right. He says, he yeah. hopes I've not gone over to the dark side, lol. Hello, <laughs> I've always been on the dark side, Dave. You've seen me. Uh, hopefully his poorly wrists gets better because the damn fool was play- messing around on roller skates. He's oh, in no. his 40s. Dave, are you seven? Mm-hmm. He'll be falling off his space upper next. He's got a proper arcade hand then, hasn't he? The worst disease known to man. You can't play games. Oh, I, I can't be dealing with that. Even when I um, I really injured my fingers a few years ago on a machine at work, and I had my arm in, pl- in a sort of sling for a while, I could still use a joystick with it. Just had to use mm-hmm. different fingers. It was all right. <laughs> uh, Russ J, Walter White was the first thing I thought of as well when he was looking at the image. You do look a bit like Walter White. I do, don't I? Mm-hmm. I am the danger. I am, honestly. I'd be a crap, Walter White. I am the danger, honestly, mate. All right. <laughs> I don't know what you're on about because I've never seen that series. Oh, you've got to watch it. It's the best series ever. Can't be bothered. I'm hoping they do a spin-off, Walter White and Walking Dead. What, zom- Walter zom- White. zombie meth makers? Walter White as a zombie? That would just be brilliant. Okay. Anyway, where are we? Oh, yeah. Bobby ID or Bobby Id. How do you say that? Yeah, he's, he's moaned at us about this. Uh, it's Bobby Idod. 
Ah. So come on, Bob. Tell us what your name's about. It looks to me just like Bobby and Idod is round the wrong way. Mm. Bobby and then Idod are round. Come on, explain yourself, boy. Mm, he can't. It's a recording. Oh yeah. Mm. Anyway. Oh oh, here's some here's something. You're getting one of these. Yeah. An arcade hooter. Rog Cantor has called you an incompoop, sir. Yes. <laughs> he reckons that Ironclad, the game you said come out a little while ago from the AS to a Neo Geo MVS cartridge, has been out for years. He's had it for about four years. Oh, I'm going off John's arcade video, right? Just a couple of weeks ago, he was saying, this is an AES CD game. Now you can get it on uh, cartridge. That's what I was going off. I don't think it would have been... It can't have been brought out uh, from the manufacturer because I don't think Neo Geo exists anymore. I mean, the last mm. cartridge was years ago. But what I think it is, is people have probably booted it onto an existing cartridge, just re-burnt the ROMs, and put it on a cartridge. Because Rod said he's had it about four years. But I don't think it was ever had an original release. So I'm not sure what John's up to there. Right, uh, one from Lesley 70 I'm not sure I've said his name right. Lesley 70 He's the guy I've been playing Dodgem against most. Oh, okay. We'll get on to that. Mm. Uh, it is, I'd forgotten all about Volgus that you were talking about. Nice one. I'm playing it quite a bit now. So I said to him, submit your score, but he says he's, 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 he sucked at it in the 80s and now it's changed. Now it's changed. <laughs> now it's changed. Benson Rad, mm-hmm. regular, regular viewer Benson Rad. Yes. He's put, was another great podcast, chaps. The new arcade game sounds very interesting for sure. That's Sky Cursor. Yes, yes. Getting a lot of, uh, a lot of uh, attention now, Sky Cursor, as it should. Mm. Again, I should have had a notebook as I'm leaving feedback. Nearly a week since I listened, so I can't remember what I was going to say. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I do like all the sound effects and in-game music that you use in the show. Mm-hmm. You should have a competition to name the effects and music. You, you edit them in, don't you? I after, do, after... yeah. That would be a good idea, actually. Maybe we'll... I'll say at the start of uh, a future podcast, you know, whoever writes in all the names first will get maybe an arcade mug or something. Mm. A little prize we can sort of get up from somewhere. That'd be a good idea, I think. Yeah. So this is uh, Synonym 9 again, Hannes. He's, we've got quite a few, I think, over the weeks. Uh, Victor reckons that he, Synonym 9, was mental going on a raid with a broken foot. Yes, you are. What if you dropped <laughs> another cab on your foot? Uh, he said... I shouldn't have realised that before. He is a bit crazy with all the cabs he keeps getting. He does have a lot of them. And it was good to hear that he gave me and Sean a laugh. And he did. <laughs> uh, Robotech is put cool. Actually looking forward to the drive to work tomorrow to listen to this. That is praise indeed. People mm. actually wanting to go to work and listen to us. That's very nice. Thank you very much. Yeah, that reminds me. I need to get a few more podcasts lined up for my dinner break tomorrow. I need to get them lined up for my actual work. I've been bored out of my mind lately. Uh, that's a sort of sideline, actually. I forgot to say, I've been listening to uh, a new podcast to me. I think it's a few years old now, and I think other people should listen. Is um, Arcade Repair Tips. They've got a YouTube uh, uh, channel as well where they actually show you how to do things. Uh, and it's quite good if you're getting into the hobby and you're not sure about fixing stuff. They do give quite a few good tips. Uh, yeah. and it's quite a long podcast. It's absolutely brilliant for me at work. So I've been bored out of my swede lately with what I'm doing. So long podcasts are brilliant. I might even put some audio books on my... Uh, my pod as well to listen to those ah. uh, JWW brilliant episode of the podcast chaps really enjoyed it especially interesting was a sky cursor interview damn it I'm going to have to sell my remaining kidney uh, to get the PCB Yeah. cheers and keep up the good work Johnny well hopefully uh, if the guys get a, a PCB out before long they're going to send me one and that would be absolutely wonderful if they did and I will 
take it about with me around the country and let people play it. Because Rog, mm. Rog got slightly annoyed with me that I was going to get one because he wants one already. <laughs> but Rog, I'll let you have a go, okay, mate? I'll invite you around. You can have a go. <laughs> Uh, Muerto on Dig Dug, listening to your show now and it's great. I have Dig Dug and I definitely, I have a Dig Dug and I definitely has, I definitely has to have a go on that one again. Yep, you should be playing it all the time, Muerto. It's a brilliant game. Uh, Darth, Darth Nuno. Nuno. Yeah, uh, we did that in unison then. We were so yeah, it's good yeah. yeah, Bruno from the Dragon's Lair Fans Forum. Another great podcast, guys. And the Sky Cursor cover is simply awesome. We want more. Well, hopefully mm. we will be doing more with Sky Cursor when they get uh, get further through the game. And the final bit of feedback, German Game Room. He's put, what a coincidence. I was just playing Wonder Boy, the first one on my Master System, and I posted and I posted it at the Tonight I'm Playing thread. I think this is from the Otaku forum, I oh, think. Yeah. Okay. And half an hour later, you post this. Oh, brilliant. Okay, let's get on to do some shout-outs. First one for me is Silverflox0786. Sarge, thanks for him to look looking after me on Saturday. His lovely wife made us some dinner as well, which was absolutely amazing. She's a really, really good cook. Uh, yeah. And all the stuff he gave me as well. His kids were real fun. They were, he's got quite a few kids, and they were really well behaved and a lot of fun, these kids. Very funny. Uh, also, I want to give out a sort of, um, a, not quite a shout-out, but a, a pre-shout-out. I'd like people to write into us Anyone who can help out with settings on Mame Hub, which is an uh, a, a internet Mame player, so you can play people over the internet. And mm. I really want to play the No Quarter guys and give them a damn good thrashing at some two-player games. Yeah. But we, 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 it's quite difficult to get Mame Hub to play properly. So if there's any experts out there who've got it running, please get in contact with me or Sean to give us hints how to do it. We'd be very, very grateful for that. Also, Phil from the Sky Cursor team, who was on the, the uh, interview last time, he got married the other day. So well oh, done, congratulations. you. Congratulations. Congratulations. Oh, also, for Bruno, Darth Nuno, we talked about a minute ago, uh, for helping out Harry Jazzman with his Starblade buttons. He's trying to find these buttons for him, which are very, very hard to find. He's going to sell him uh, a set of buttons for a very good price. Thank you very much for that, Bruno. I'm just going to give a shout-out to the people I saw last night. Mm-hmm. Uh, at the uh, arcade club, loads of them. So I'm just going to say hello to everyone. Mm-hmm. There's quite a few people I, I know now, but I don't know the names. Yeah. So I'm going to have to resolve that by saying hello. Who are you? Yeah, that good. That guy's good on Robotron. That other geezer yeah. is good on Defender. Yeah, it's that kind of thing. And also to the Zachariah people for making me welcome on their forum, and Lesley Seventy, who we will talk about in a bit on Dodgem. Oh, mm, Dodgem. Mm, mm. Yes. Okay. What console, stroke computer games, should have been in the arcade? Well, I've got one this week. Oh, and a, good it's, un, a good one as well. I don't know what made me think of this. I think, ah, yeah, I saw a camel in the back garden, so I thought, what about Attack of the Mutant Camels from uh, Jeff Minter way back in the day? Oh, alarm soft, what a game. Yeah, I that would on be. various machines, it's brilliant. Yeah, that would be an awesome game. I had it on the C64. Yes. And it's kind of a version of the Atari 2600 game, uh, The Empire Strikes Back, yes. isn't it? Instead of, instead of shooting around um, Atat walkers, you've got these massive camels mm. to shoot them. I think you've got to wrap around the legs and shoot them, haven't you? No, you, you just sort of... Played it. You creep up behind... Well, you can... It's, it's best to creep up behind them and shoot them, and they spit, like, homing missiles out of their mouths, Ooh. and you... 
and you and you dodge them, and then you you've got to shoot them before they get to your base. Oh, okay. So, so you're constantly walking a, towards the base. You've got a distance to the base. You shoot them, and then you go into like a warp level where you're dodging missiles, and you're getting faster and faster along the screen. Yeah. And then it all starts again. But you could do a lot with the artwork, and mm. you could do a lot with power-ups and the actual speed of the game, I think, to make yeah, it really good, that. Definitely. Well, the thing with Jeff Minter games, Llamasoft games, they're always very, very colourful and really mm. trippy music and all this sort of stuff. And Jeff's games were really quite um, colourful and blocky. and Because they, they, they're early 80s, they would be absolutely perfect for the arcade. I can imagine loads of camels on the side of it. Gab, it would be quite cool. Yeah. I follow him on Twitter, actually, and he lives somewhere in Wales with his partner, and they actually have their own their own herd of of sheep. Yeah, he's very into do, sheep yeah. and llamas and alpacas and that. And he's always posting these pictures of these daft sheep everywhere. It's quite fun. <laughs> well, my one is uh, the cartridge that Sarge has lent me for the Intellivision, a game called Diner. It's quite a hard yeah. cartridge to get hold of. It's expensive to buy, especially a box when you pay a fortune for a box one. But I had a quick go over earlier, and it's almost like a sort of skewed isometric burger time. But instead of yeah. running over the burgers to flop them down to the bottom and kill the, the monsters who have, you know, the, the eggs and the, the wieners that are following you around, you run around the level, you can go up and down, left and right, but you kick meatballs. And as the meatballs yeah. fly down, they go down the screen, down the ladders, and you can actually knock out a, a bunch of bad guys at the same time. I, can't, I don't know why it wasn't released in the arcade. I'm not sure if it was an original game from Data East... But it's a brilliant game. It's one of the one of the really really good ones on Intellivision. I think it'd be awesome. You can imagine the artwork on the side of the cab with the meatballs and Chef with his hat and all this sort of stuff. It'd be a brilliant game. I did have a look at the video. It looked quite slow actually. It, does it start slow and get quicker? Well, on the Intellivision, a lot of games, I like think nearly all of them, when you play the game, there's four different speed settings. If you press ah. the disc, that's the, always the fastest game. And you can go from one to three. I think three being the slowest. Maybe they're playing a slower version of it. But you've always right. got the option to play fast or slow on the Intellivision as well. But, I mean, it's, it's pointless playing anything slow. It'd be boring. The fast ones are always the best. There's cool. very few consoles, I'd say, that I've never played ever. Mm. And that would be one of them. The Intellivision. I've never yeah. even touched one of them funny disc controllers, I'd say. They look like telephones. Mm, yeah. Hello? Hello? You're holding a... Controller yeah, to the top of the TV here in front of me. <laughs> but yeah, the Intellivision was one of those kind of things that wasn't that prevalent in the UK. Mm-hmm. I mean, sorry, 2600 and stuff like Acetronics and you know, the old Grandstand Pongs, they were everywhere. Yeah. In television, I mean, even the ColecoVision, I never saw one of those back in the day. Not a real one. Uh, and uh, only recently I've seen them. I think they had a go one in the shop somewhere. Yeah. Well, ColecoVision mm-hmm. had a lot of really cool arcade ports and they were yeah. quite close games as well. They were. They were the, they're slightly better than in television on some some games. Yeah. Uh, but they, I think they, they came out a bit later, so they had a little bit better hardware and stuff. But yeah, you can get mm. a lot of really cool arcade ports on a on a um, ColecoVision. Mm. Right then, that's that one done. Let's get on and have a musical interlude, I think. Let's have, ooh, ooh, one of the Sky Cursor tunes from SoundCloud, which you downloaded.
Okay. Do you enjoy that sound, mate? Enjoy that yeah, music? it's very good. It's quite techno-y, that. That's, that's up my yeah. street, that. I like that. Yeah, that's the first thing I, I thought of when I first saw that video on, on their website. Mm. Okay, right. Let's get on to our featured game review. Uh, yes, indeed. This game is a bit of a favourite of ours already, isn't it? Yeah, we do like a bit of this one. Yeah, it was an excuse to do it. It's called yeah. Volgus. It's yes. Capcom's first ever arcade game. What a game. Uh, released in May 1984, it's an eight-way, joystick, two-button controlled game. One button is your endless pew-pew fire, mm-hmm. which travels all the way up the screen to your joy. You don't like uh, shooting ups where your, your bullets don't go all the way up the screen, do you? Yeah. And the second bullet is for your missile which can run out and you can pick up more of and you can you can actually shoot through enemies you can shoot more than one enemy at once with it so when the the bad guys some of them line up you can get them all the way through the line and shoot them all in one go and get yeah. a big bonus the game's a two-layer pcb well mine is i don't think it's a bootleg because it was never marked up with capcom like the, the later games were uh and it runs on a main z80 at four megahertz and the sound uses three megahertz z80 i wonder if that's what's going on my pcb maybe I could probably mm. swap that round. Hmm. And two AY8910 sound chips. They're my favourite sound chips. Are they yours? I love them, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, have you seen the US flyer? I have, yes. Yeah. It's got on there, the giant insect mutants of Volgus are having a coming out party and you're invited. That sounds fabulous. <laughs> yeah, it does, doesn't it? I don't think coming out... Uh, in 1984 may quite mean the same as what it does nowadays. It's okay to be decay. Only a single page flyer, which is on the website. Right then, the type of game, how to play it. Uh, it's a very, very basic vertical shooter, isn't it? Uh, yeah, and that's what I like about it. Yep. Obviously a forerunner to stuff like Exit X's in 1942. Yeah. There's not really any set levels as such, but you do get to an end area rather like Star Force, another favourite of ours. Mm. I think it's when you go into space, you don't get any more uh, shooting enemies at you. You just get the, you get a few of the big ones, and you can get the, you know, the shooting right up through the middle for the bonuses. Yeah. You get an endless supply of small, differing waves of enemy ships in the levels, the levels in inverted brackets, and they've all got different shot and movement patterns. And every now and again, you get one of three different types of a really big ship, which is about six times bigger than normal enemy sprites that are trying to get you. And these things are armoured, and when you hit them, you get like quite a little tinny sound, which I quite like. Yeah, Before I do. they blow yeah. up, it's going ding, 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 and then it, it explodes. Yeah. You need multiple shots to destroy those, or you can hit them with one of your missiles, but your missiles will deplete, and you can get more when you, when you pick up the POWs. There are also letter icons to pick up. And when I first started playing this, I thought, why, why are you getting the letters? They only give you 100 points, and it's not like you can collect them for extra or bonus or anything, or any extra lives. And I found out later on that these letters are actually bad to pick up. It's mm. a risk and reward thing because when you pick them up, it increases the firepower and the speed and the number of enemies that are coming against you. So if you leave them alone, the enemies will stay sort of at a reasonable pace and you won't get too many, they won't shoot at you too much, they're not too quick. But, and I found this out, and you didn't believe me at first, did you? you <laughs> I was winding you up online. <laughs> what happens is, if you get all the letters in the level at the end near the end of the level you get a yellow star icon mm. and when you pick it up you get 10,000 points but the risk reward element again you get a lot of enemies coming at you and it makes the game quite a bit harder but i managed this once and once only and i got the 10,000 points for getting the yellow icon i did quite well on that level 
Yeah, I never did. I, I, I um, didn't bother with that. My highest score... Out, I thought, no, nah, I'm not going to bother with that. It's only 10,000 points. I've got enough points as it is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I actually did it really just to see if it works, and it actually does. But my highest score, I didn't do that on. So it really wasn't worth it. I think if you get some of the squads in one go, you can get up to 5,000 points for each squad. So two of them, you've made up the, the points anyway. So it wasn't really yeah. worth doing. Yeah, after three of these planets, you get um you get to the end, uh, and it's the the actual boss called Volgus, and he's like a rotating planet thing. He's got these planets flying around him, all shooting at him. You can shoot them off, and you've got to try and get rid of them to get him in the middle. You know, and and when you get them, you get ten thousand points. But yeah. Game Facts said you get a hundred thousand, and you don't. It's you get ten thousand, and I know this for a fact. So you've done it. Oh yes. That is good gameplay if you've beaten them. Yeah, it's quite hard getting there, isn't it? Yeah. And you travel, when you're playing the game, you travel over different terrains. It does change a little bit. The one I didn't like is sort of the ice-looking level, when the red the red flying things come at you, because I couldn't see the bullets very well. Mm. But yeah. the, the levels don't last that long to get over them. But yeah, it's a little bit difficult on some of the terrains. The thing about the squads is, you, every now and again, you get a squad of six enemies come together, and they'll come from both uh, left and right side of the screen, and in the middle, they'll actually line up for a few seconds. And if you shoot your missile right through the middle of them, you'll get like 10, uh, sorry, 100, 200, 400, 800, I think two, what, up to 5,000 points, and you get all of them in a multiple. Yeah. What I found is if you leave the last guy and then shoot him singularly, you can get from like a 1,500 to 5,000 points for that guy. Every Extra. time you get them, yeah. he gets more and more. So that was what I was trying to do, and you can get to 5,000 points. You get big points for taking those guys out. Mm, that's what I was doing as well. Yeah. It's, um, it's very similar to Star Force, I think. You gotta pound that button. I hope you weren't playing playing with that auto fire cheating mechanism on your joystick, pal. Uh, Not on my score. I'm looking at your face. I can see you. (laughs) Not on the score that I'm gonna submit, no, but I did try it. Strangely enough, I didn't get a a score as high as non-auto fire. So I thought, yeah, so I thought, I'll leave that then. (laughs) You don't have to hit the fire button as quickly as Star Force to get a good flow going, do you? You can see it at a reasonable rate and it'll work quite well. Yeah, I think you get four bullets on the screen at any one time. So if you whack the fire button five times, you're going to get four bullets. Yeah, so you don't have to go mad at it, but you have mm. to keep sort of shooting continuously. Yeah. It didn't It didn't give me fire button finger, which I've had before. That's painful, that is. Oh, worse than arcade hand? Oh, yeah, it's definitely worse than arcade hand. You oh. get a, a, a funny end on your finger and it hurts. <laughs> it's a very simple game, but... Really fast, good fun. If you like shooters, this is good for you. It's a pure shooter, I think. Yeah, it's easy to pick up and play it for ten minutes. You're straight in the action. There's, yeah. It's it's just reflexes, really. Yeah, yeah. The, the patterns are semi-random. You, you you get to learn where the big bosses come and st- where the semi-big bosses come. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it's it's always going to be different attack patterns because of the way you move on the screen affects what, the way they appear on the yes. screen, I think. Yeah. As as well as going up the screen at all times, you can scroll left and right about a third of a screen as well. Mm. And the, the enemies usually come in from the left or the right or both at the same time. And the play tips, I thought, basically shoot anything that moves. Anything. There's no there's no ground um, targets like Xevious that shoot at you. It's, it's always things flying at you. Shoot them. Whatever yeah. moves, shoot it. Mm. And try and get the squads lined up. As I said, get that last guy on his own if you can, because you get extra points for him. And one of the things I tried to do, and I'm getting better at these shooting games, and you're obviously a master of it, is don't let enemies get too close. 
Because some of the enemies yeah. will shoot very close to you, and it's very difficult to get out of the way of it, and they will get you almost straight away. So try and keep at arm's distance from them. Get them, you know, before they come down. If they come down to you, get out of the way. And like Galaxian, I found don't get caught in a corner. Because when yes. you're in a corner, sometimes they come in at you, you know, from a, a, a new sort of attack wave, and they'll get you in a corner, and you'll get got. Yeah, there is a way you can kind of... As I, as I was getting trapped in corners and I was getting overwhelmed at the bottom of the screen, you, I can, you can kind of loop loop up to the left and round and then back down again. I was doing that, yeah. If you and get you can, in trouble, go yeah. out the way of them. Yeah, and, you can and group them together. Yeah, yeah you of. stop firing, go round them, go underneath and shoot a lot. Yeah. So when you're firing as well, I tended to lose a bit of concentration while I was trying to get out of the way. So there's a lot yeah. of manoeuvring to do it. But I, yeah, I, did, I did get quite good at that, actually, as I was playing mm. on. Mm. And the thing I like about this game is... Uh, I had I started on on main first on my main card which saves the scores and I had a certain score on there and it was about ninety two thousand which I thought was quite good yeah but I've been regularly getting better and better yeah better at it and I like a game I can get better on I yeah. really like that fact mm. I'm just looking at my high score actually so I can find it there it is oh yes that's good I, like that. <laughs> I think this is going to be a close one. Well, I think you're going to beat me, but I did, I did really well. I'm really proud of my score as well. Right. What we said about this, the scrolling of enemies, if you want to get rid of some enemies, you can actually scroll them off the screen and then come back and they'll be gone. It disappears yeah. them, which is probably a bit of a programming error, but it's good. It's good something. If you've got a look, one of the big guys comes down and a load of little ones are trying to get you, you just scroll them off the side and come back and they'll be gone. And it sort of saves you your skin sometimes. That can be annoying with a missile power yeah, as well. Yeah, you the good things off the screen as well, and it's gone. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. disappears. I've got a little bit of trivia about this game, actually. Go on. Uh, in Marvel vs. Capcom 3, you know, the street, mad Street Fighter-type game that mm-hmm. Capcom did. Uh, street Fighter, sorry, Marvel vs. Capcom 3, Fate of Two Worlds. Uh, there's a character called Deadpool, and when he wins, he quotes... Uh, he says he will continue petitioning Capcom for a Volgus 2. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this may be a hint for a future sequel. I do hope so. I'd like to see another, another, uh, Volgus. That'd be good. Mm. And some more trivia. The unreleased Titan Warriors from Capcom was developed as a spiritual successor to Volgus. Mm, never released. No, I, there's, there's some websites that actually get hold of old, um, unreleased games and, and finish them off and release them as ROMs and stuff. So hopefully, Come on, people. Someone should be able to do this. Me and Sean want to play this. It sounds great. <laughs> so what do you reckon for the graphics, then, uh, with the, the varied enemies and backgrounds? Uh, simple, effective. Yep, the well the animations are actually good on the explosions. Did you notice that? Yes. That there was like a swirly animation when the smaller guys exploded. Yeah. They sort of swirled into nothingness, and then the bigger guys... Um, yeah, decent animations. Uh, it's of its time, really. Yeah, it? yeah 84. Yeah. I think yeah. I like 84 graphics and sounds. They're, they're probably mm-hmm. my favourites. And they did it quite well, I think, as well. I also, as I said earlier, I liked when you shoot the big guys who are armour, they go ting, 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 like you're hitting their, their, their armour. And then when they blow up, they blow up quite nicely. Yeah. Uh, one thing I didn't like is the little Yashishi, Yashishis. The little swirls, mm. the Capcom logo they use in 1942. And yeah. other Capcom games, like 1942 and Pirate Ship Higamaru, they're good items. You get them for bonuses. You get, like, big bonuses. These yeah. things, <laughs> they sort of, they stand around or f- stand around in, in flight, and then they just launch themselves at you quickly. If you're near them on an angle, they will go for you. Like, they'll come and cross your path, and you've got to try and get out of the way or shoot them quickly. They were absolute swines. They used to get me quite a lot, because they're really quick when they sort of... Sh- 
they sort of swirl and shoot at you. Oh, I they didn't have much of a lot. problem with them, really. Ah, shut up. It's because you're good at it. That's why. <laughs> Just keep yeah. moving. Those ones and the red guys got me quite a lot. Yeah. They were as, monkeys, they were. I didn't like them at all. As you got into that ice level, I died a lot on that ice level. Yeah. Could, did you have problems seeing the bullets? Because the bullets are yellow and the ice was blue and it, it, it got my eyes a bit. I couldn't, I, I missed some of the bullets sometimes, but I did get used to it a bit. Just sort of got out of the way a bit. No, I think I was all right, I think. Might, might be your, you, you playing on a proper telly, might be that. Yeah, I was playing on a 29 inch screen actually. Yeah. Well, I played with the lights off, which is lovely. Yeah. I do like it like that. I like the, um, the sound effects, the pew pews. Yeah. But the music, as I said, before it went all wonky, was getting on my nerves a bit. It was getting on my man boobs. But I did like the spot effects, and, and when the actual music went off when I was playing it, I quite enjoyed it. The pew pews and the explosions, I think they were quite well done, especially for the time. Yeah, yeah. Ooh, ooh, what about cabinet art? Oh, cabinet art, eh? Absolutely That's lovely. None. none that, that wood grain effect. It's, oh, yeah. It's, it's awesome. Or that old Pac-Man cab that's been painted black and put a sticker on the side. Mm. Yeah, it was only a kit, unfortunately. It was uh, Capcom's first, uh, the first few games, actually. Uh, Pirate Ship Pig and Maroon never had a cabinet. I don't think XXX's and it never had a cabinet either. Their early games were just kits. Mm. So I presume yeah. you've got like a marquee. I like the marquee. The vulgus words are sort of like, um, they look like they've got sort of red veins going through the words, don't they? It's yeah, that's, fun. yeah. But yeah. other than that, there was no real art, unfortunately. The, yeah, the logo must be some relation to the end boss because he's made of rocks, isn't he? Yeah, he's like a veiny rock. Yeah, did you um, veiny rock? Did you shoot him with the missiles or the actual just bullets? How did you everything. get him? I just threw everything. I'm just yeah. Please go away! Stop killing me! Yeah, I chucked everything at him, mate. I just like lobbed my arsenal at him. Not my ass, my arsenal. <laughs> Sometimes I got him quite easy, and other times I just kept hitting the the rocks that he spits at you. Yeah, I think you just got to keep doing it until he disappears. Yeah. Um, I managed him once, and once only, and I've not gone back to it since. I thought, I'm winning, I'm leaving a winner. Oh, so you've only done it once? Only done it once, yeah. Ah, right. It, it takes a while getting there, but I think on this game, practice makes perfect, and I like that in a game. I really like that in a game. Mm. There was no cabinet, as I said, uh, but it looks like SNK distributed to the US, and obviously Capcom in Japan, and I'm sure Electrocoin uh, distributed it in this country because uh, I've seen Electrocoin marquees because Electrocoin used to reproduce their own marquees for their machines. They used to put in Goliaths and, and Midis and Zenons and Spectrums and stuff like that. Yeah. So yeah, it definitely would have been a kit. I, thought, I would have thought Electrocoin would have imported it to this country. Ah. And do you know what? There was no sequels or spin-offs for this game. But as we said earlier, it was sort of a spiritual um, predecessor to things like Exodexis, 1942... And those other really cool yeah. little simple shooters, and it's very similar to Star, Star Force and all that sort of stuff. But it was released on various um, Capcom generations and collections for Saturn, PlayStation 1, and all the modern consoles. You can get it on virtual console a lot. But uh, never got a, a console release, which is really unusual. I thought it would have been on the Famicom at least. But apparently not. I couldn't find it anywhere. Yeah, perhaps... Capcom didn't think much of it. Perhaps they thought, right, that's our first, our yeah. first attempt. We'll move on and and make like you know the the be- obviously the more intricate and detailed games like Foot 1942 and that. And yeah, it did. Com- it did sort of um, 1942's uh, a little bit more complicated game, mm. and it's more polished as well, I reckon. Yeah, and Commando and all them were a lot more. Yeah, but yeah. maybe it just didn't earn a lot of money for their first game. Maybe they weren't. They were unheard of, I suppose, back in the day. It's only since. 
you know, the better games they got well well noticed. And obviously, when Street Fighter came along, they went massive. Mm, do, do you know one thing I would actually change on it? Yes. When you die and you respawn, mm-hmm. you must get. I don't think you get any time when you respawn. So you can respawn dead, respawn dead. You could do with maybe two seconds in vulnerability. Yeah. Something like that, one or two seconds. Maybe I two think th- that with most games, actually. When you, when you yeah. first start, unless, unless the, the programming uh, makes sure you're not near an enemy for the mm. first couple of seconds, you can, you know, you can have an ma- enemy right on top of you again. That's a good point. Mm. Did you get anywhere near the world record? The Twin Galaxies world record is 799,600 by a chap called Lusa Dosena back in July, June 1985, actually. I got nowhere near that. No. Nope. I did. Did you? Yeah. Did you? No. No. <laughs> uh, the, the world record on Maine is quite a bit lower, 378,400, which is more attainable, I think. Yeah, that's that, that other record sounds... I was speaking to David Hamilton Tronads about it last night, and it sounds... Some of these early records, that sounds extremely high, doesn't it? Yeah, but I think if you get into the game, I don't think it gets any harder. After you've looped and killed Volgus, the big boss off, yeah. I don't think it gets any harder. So maybe if you're good at shooters, you can just keep looping it. I, the baddies were getting harder after him. Did you get to the ones... Um, I, th- I think they look like the round discs, but yes. they, they moved to the bottom of the screen, followed you, and then moved straight up. Yeah, I got those. That that was... um. When you kill Volgus, that's the sort of the first level you get back on. Yeah. And I thought was the, the screen was getting very busy, because as well as the normal little flappy things you're trying to kill, and then the big guys coming in and the squads coming in, you've got these things trying to follow you as well. And they get behind you, and you can't shoot behind. So, yeah, that was getting quite difficult, I think. Yeah. Uh, Dave's score, uh, Tronads, was 231,000. Yeah. Which isn't bad. Not Which bad at all. Currently fourth in, in the main... Oh, I might be on the scoreboard for Maine then. Mm. So, right, do you want me to say my score first? I think this is going to be a close one. Go on then. I'm, I'm really interested now. I think you're going to beat me. <laughs> I'll freak out if I beat you. 206,600. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Right. 200. Yeah. And 9,000. No way! Yes! In your face! Oh, no. 209? Yes, 209,005. And I've got a picture to prove it, bloke. On <laughs> oh. arcade hardware. In your fuzzy face. Well done. That is great. So I over-doubled my original high score, and I'm very, very pleased with that. Oh, no. I've got beaten on a shooter. Yes! <laughs> that particularly enthralls me. Oh, I like that. Yeah, well done, though. I think 200,000 points is a good score. Yeah. I didn't get much further after the, um, after the Volgus, actually. So... Yeah, I think it does get harder, but I think maybe it doesn't get any harder than that. If you're good enough to play that, maybe you can get round to do that. I think, I think the main record is probably achievable if you get good at the game. Yeah. But yeah, I think 800,000 is, is going a bit. Right, should we uh, have a quick chat about dodging, which is our sort of 1.5 feature, our other little game we were supposed to play? It, yeah, the Zachariah Forum guys got in touch with us yeah. and said, how about a little Zakoff? Zakoff. Zakoff. You know, you know what? They can zack off. <laughs> Zakers. So, so they mentioned this game, Dodgem, which is um, a Zachariah release, and it's very similar to Head On from Sega, also yep. Space Chaser, Crash, and Rolling Crash. Those type of games that came just before Pac-Man, that were going around a maze collecting dots. But it was, th- those kind of games were on like um, nearly always black and white hardware, like Space Invaders hardware. Taito ver- uh, released a version called Space Chaser. Yeah. It's got a really nice looking cab. 
Nintendo licensed it off Namco, made it head-on N, which is yeah. a really rare title to find. Yeah, everyone did it. Everyone did a version of it. I had it on computers years ago as well. Very yeah. common game. It's a sort of maze game, isn't it? Yeah, you only go is anti-clockwise. You go anti-clockwise, the other bad guys go clockwise. So they're yeah. trying to crash in front of you, which sort of head-on crash, whatever you want to call it, dodge them. And you've got, yeah. basically, you can change lanes. You can change yeah, one lane. Lanes. One lane if you go in fast, you've got an accelerate button. Yes. And two lanes if you're going slow. And that is it. You've just got to collect all the dots and avoid getting into the same lane as the other guy and crashing into him. Yeah. But what the Zachariah people suggested was a timed game, a two-minute timed game. Yeah, I had a bit of a problem with that. I didn't know this. (laughs) The game is very, very difficult. I didn't do one level. I think the the highest score I got was 461 because I was trying to... When when the the dodgems... I think they're supposed to be dodging cars, aren't they? Because you're supposed to dodge the car. Yeah, even though Mame says they're boats, they're jam boats. What's a jam boat? It it said, it said, watch the jam boat. And I was thinking, a boat full of jam, that'd be very sticky if it crashed into you, wouldn't it? It would extremely. But if you look look at the side art, it's definitely dodging cars. Yes, that's what I thought. As in in the the circus uh, carnival type dodgems, you Mm. see it bash each other, bumper cars, whatever. Yeah, and I was playing the, the original game where you're supposed to just avoid this guy and eat the dots. You, as you go around the lane, you eat a load of dots. When you've done the whole level, when you've got rid of all the, level, the dots, that's the end of it. And I think you get more than one car later on against you, more jam boats. You jam everywhere, right. honey, lemon curd, whatever. Well, I was playing the, the recommended contest settings that I sent you three times. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's to do. Yeah, it's just two minutes. Go around collecting all the dots, and the the trick of the game is there's little flags that appear in the tr- in the lanes. Yes. And if you're tra- in a, the same lane as when one of these flags appears for too long, mm-hmm. you get a penalty of a hundred points. You lose a hundred points. Oh, okay. So if it appears in one lane and it's halfway around the board, you nip out of the lane, go round to it, nip back into the lane, and collect yeah. it for a hundred points. It seems quite a good idea doing this because it makes the game a completely different type of game. It's not because when I played it and the other car is always trying to crash into you, and yeah. you've got to change lanes quickly. And when you hold the button down, you're going to change one lane. When you're going slowly, you can change up to about three lanes, I think. Two, two. it's two. Two lanes. Yeah. And I found it. He was always trying, and it's it's like a kid playing cars when your kids smashing into your favourite car all the time and it just really annoyed me <laughs> and I was playing that and I just got so miffed with it I turned it, I've tried it a few times I got so miffed and turned it off but what you're saying is this other car will shoot around the screen but as you go you can go through him is that right? yeah with these dip settings there's, there's all the other versions like Sega XCD Taito all the other versions yeah. they haven't got these settings so the Zach one is the only one where you can have this timed game yeah. collect all the dots Collect the flags. If you get over 5,000 points, you get an extra 20 uh-huh. seconds at the end of your two minutes. But when, when the other guys, on the, on the main original game where they're trying to crash into you, if the other guy gets the flag, you get minus 150 points. If you get it, I think you get 150 points to yourself. So you've got to try and get to the flag before him and try and avoid him at the same time. Uh, it's I a didn't, hateful game. I didn't, it's horrible. Yeah. I didn't play them settings at all. Like, you want to try it, mate, just to see how much you want to smash your screen with it. <laughs> it's so much harder. game, yeah, it's horrible. But this for a little two-minute blast was quite... I really enjoyed it, actually. I got well yeah. into it. I sort of missed it, really. I, I did it wrong. It's my fault. Uh, but um, Leslie 
I'm going to have to ask him how he says that. How he pronounces it. Lezole 70. He yep. did eventually, eventually beat me. What was his score then? What was uh, your score first? I was saying eventually he's been beat me a week. Mm. I got 6,721. Oh, well done. That's and, a good score. And he got 7,211. Is that... That's the maximum, surely, you can get, isn't it? It must be very, very close to the maximum, yeah. That's going around the maze, collecting all the flags, being lucky with the amount of flags that appear. Yeah, yeah. And not missing a single anything, not getting a penalty. So I just get the um, excuse box out and let you have a quick look in it a minute. There you go. <laughs> so what's your excuse? <laughs> That was crap. <laughs> no, I think you're supposed to say, he's got his own machine, he can play it whenever he likes, he's got real hardware. Yeah, but he's not playing it on that because he's, he's restoring it, so he's actually oh, uh, been playing most of it. Box quick. Been playing most of it on MAME, I think he has had a bit on his cap. But I, I did promise him an arcade ping, so can you give him an arcade ping, please? Here you go. Well done. We have been defeated. We, we have. need to shut down the but podcast. We want go, a real game like Vulgus where I can win on. And go yes. home. 209,000. Yeah. That yep. was so Most close. Do yep. you know, that's one of the only games where I've been playing right up until, you know, we started this podcast at 6pm. Yeah. At 5.50, I was still playing it. I think I did my score on Thursday or Friday, just gone. And I, I did it, and I had a big beam inside. I said, right, I'm not playing it anymore. I'm going to leave it at that. If he's mm. beaten me, I'm still happy. If I've beaten him, even better. And yeah, it was really good. I will go back to it, though. I'm going to leave it in the cab for a while, so when you come down, you can have a look at it. Let me just show you something on the webcam a minute. Yeah. 209500. Fo- I can see you photoshopped that. The nine's wobbly. No, it is not. <laughs> I'm going to put it on the webpage to show you. <laughs> yeah, I'm really happy about that. Okay, yeah. right. Let's... Uh, Let's forget that, or try, you'll try to. I'll never let you get that one down. Yeah. Uh, and we'll do the art of side art. This is one I found a little while ago, actually, and I love this uh, this thing. It's really, really good. It's um, it's a hot rod cab. It's a Sega hot rod. Uh, it's a, a sort of top-down racing game. It's a really cool little game. And you play the, the cab they've got at the New Frontier Arcade is a four-player one, isn't it? Yeah. And it's sort of a top-down. You look down onto it like a big cocktail cabinet. You all stand around, all facing each other, four players. And it's got a huge marquee above it. But this one is a really, really rare one, actually. And it's a three-player stand-up version of it. It's a very good game. It's a right party game, isn't it? People love it. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. When, when I first went to the New Frontier, when they first opened it up, I think me and Alex were, were doing uh, something to camera at the time uh, when we were having our little challenge, and you were the sound man. And uh, we heard a huge like cheer going on behind us. And it was loads of people around this machine playing it and getting really, really big on it and quite loud, and, and they're enjoying it a lot. Uh, but this one here is a really... It looks... A, I've never seen one of these, but I've seen two hot rods before. I think they had one at the barn, and they have one here. This is the three-player stand-up version. It's a really, really wide cab. It looks even wider than my Death Race, which is a two-player yeah. cab. And it's a three-player, red, green, and yellow like steering wheels around it with a huge screen. And it, it looks really nice. I'd love to see a three-player one. It's a really nice cat. And we're going to put pictures on the show notes for it. Yeah, I really like it. It's sort of like um, cartoon graphics on the side of it with cars, like red, yellow, and green cars. And it's got instructions around the, the screen bezel, which I really like. Uh, it's got a really, really long marquee with hot rod in the sort of red and yellow writing and this sort of little red car whizzing by the side of it. And as I said, with the, the steering wheels, you've got like a red player with a red car and a green player and a yellow player with all steering wheels. And you've got like pedals. And there's sort of um, 
even on the coin door, it's a three three way coin door, and they've got little little cars above the coin door, and you've got um sort of red, yellow, and green checkered flags up the side of it as well. It's a really mm. nice looking cab. It looks really big though. Yeah, and it's a very catchy tune as well. The um the actual tune on it, it's yeah. You could wherever you wherever I went last night, you could hear it in the background. But really, really <laughs> catchy, loud. memorable tune. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, so that's that one. Uh, if anyone's got one, can they please give it to me? <laughs> Right, let's do some releases from this month in history. Right, yes. We are now in March, just about. Just? March 2015, so we're going back 20 years to 1995. Mm-hmm. Right, this is Darkstalkers 2. It's called Night Warriors, Darkstalkers Revenge. Oh, yeah. In Japan, it was called Vampire Hunters from Capcom. Yeah. It's like a sort of mad street fighter, isn't it? Yeah, with, I've got with, a, with sort of goth, gothic um, anime cartoon characters like demons and ghouls and vampires and Draculas and all that sort of stuff. Frankenstein's, yeah. I've, I've Frankenstein's. Got a, I've got a soft spot for this because me and my son used to play it when he was a little boy. Um, he used to like sit on my knee bashing the space bar and <laughs> and yeah. Can I, can I ask one question? Yes. Are there any skeletons in it? Do you know? I think there might be skeletons. Yeah. Cool. There's that Morrigan, you know Morrigan, that very hot yes. young lady who's just pixels and I've got to get over it. Yeah, she's made of pixels, mate. Yeah, yeah, she's, she's in it. Anyway, yeah, March 1985, 30 years ago. Wow. The Empire Strikes Back, a vector game from a little-known company called Atari. Yes, this was sort of the follow-on for Star Wars, and it actually mm. goes in a Star Wars cab. I think it goes straight in there. Yeah. But there, were, there were some... I'm not sure if it was a kit, actually... I think it um, was. Replace yeah. the side art and stuff. But you can actually get the the cocktail version of Star Wars, which is a lot of people's grail cabs. I think you can get some panels that you replace the back panel, the back glass for it. Yeah. It has slightly different graphics on it. And I'm sure I've seen a prototype version with different side art on it for uh, Empire Strikes Back, you know, with Attack Walkers and all this sort of stuff from the film on it. I but think it's... Probably, I might have been dreaming. Yeah, I think it's very rare, isn't it? But I think it's rare because... Not many people converted it because I would say it's not as good a game as Star Wars. No. But what you can do, uh, I'm not sure if it's a J-Rock or a Mark Spayeth one, but you can get a kit that adds on uh, Empire Strikes Back to Star Wars. You can just change it over in the game with a flick of a switch. You can have both games on the same cabinet. Oh, that would be good. Yes. Definite must, that one. Okay. Now, 40 years back, 1975... This is the era of Pong. So this one's called Foosball. Mm-hmm. And it's a, a cocktail version of, really, it's Pong with loads more paddles. And they tried to make it like one of those foosball tables. Yeah. Do you know what I mean by foosball? Yes. Table football, we'd call yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, the little guys you pull around in the yeah. spin around. Yeah. I'll uh, tell you what, mate. I hate football, as you know. Yes. Playing foosball is a lot of fun. You ever played it? Oh, I used to love it, yeah. It, yeah. You can get a real sweat on when you play it, can't you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you get a few mates around it, and if you've got a few drinks, and you, oh my lord, I played it in America. We, we went to um, some friends of ours' uh, wedding, and we were th- at their, their parents' house, and they had like a downstairs um, uh, sort of living area, and they had a foosball table, and me and some of the guys were playing it. Absolutely brilliant fun. We were getting, I was worn out by the end of it. It was a lot of fun, real good. Mm. So I like those. I like those cocktail pong, different versions of pong. You can get like a four-player pong, yeah. and all sorts of weird squash games and tennis. I really like those old black and white ones. There's loads of them, loads of rip-offs and different manufacturers doing it. That's obviously another one. Yes, yeah, so this was by Allied Leisure. They 
kind of disappeared after the like mid to late seventies, but they were they jumped on the pong bandwagon wagon, like everyone, didn't they? Like yeah. everyone else did, yeah. They did paddle battle, paddle battle. Easy for you to say. It's not, which is possibly the biggest selling pong game, even oh, more right. better selling than the actual pong. Oh really? Yeah, because okay. they, they they I think they saw the pong design. And they had bigger manufacturing facilities than Atari. Oh, right, okay. And just Probably jumped on it. As well, yeah. yeah, just jumped on it and got them out there. Cool. Yeah. All right. Now let's do next show's game and who picked it. Yeah, so it's your choice, Vic. Right. Have you seen the notes here? Oh, yeah, I was going to choose. Bit of an argue on the notes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I was going to choose a Lunar Rescue. Taito game on Space Invaders Hardware, yes. which we love. Bring it. And I know Mr. Holly can beat me at the moment on it. Yeah. Uh, and you've previously got a score of 15,940. Yes. But I've changed my mind. That's, yeah, I shouldn't have put that score, should M- I? Much to your chagrin. No, I knew you've got 15,000. I think I was there when you did it. Um, but we will do that one in the future. Uh, honestly, listeners, I know a lot of our listeners really like it because they were in our gang when we played it at Revival that time uh, on Old's Cab. But change your mind, and I'm going to do a game called Marchin Maze, also known as um, Alice in Wonderland. Now, the reason why I did this, I was listening to No Quarter the other day, and they did uh, one of their arcade drafts where they get five, four or five people together and they just talk about five of their favourite arcade games. And Rob O'Hara was on there, who's also known as Flack. He's the guy who who does the, the Sprite Castle podcast, and um, you don't know Flack. A really, really yeah. good podcast. He's a great guy. And he's had a bunch of arcade machines. One of his, his old podcasts was about his arcade collection. He had about 30 games at one point. And he chose Marching Mates as one of his picks. And I went, oh, I remember that game. And it's kind of an isometric game, and it was on the same hardware as Pac-Mania and Gallagher 88. And I had a quick go on MAME, and I remembered what a good game it is. And it's a different one from us. It's not a platformer. It's not a maze game. It's not a shooter. It's yeah. a fun game. So we're going to do Marching Maze next time. It, it does look quite good, actually. I played it for like a minute. It looks fun. Yeah, I, I had a quick go of it, but yeah. my joystick was set to four-way. And you need an eight-way for it, really. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, we're going to play that. Marching uh, yeah, Maze. Anyone wants to play it with us, go ahead. We'd like to hear your scores. Yes. Oh, oh. But just before we go, you've changed your fantasy cab list, I see. Yes, I have. Mm, good choice. Well, one of them is. I'm going to put Volgus and Wonderboy in. Yeah, and what are you going to take out? I'm going to take out Pulsar. No, wait. Leave Wonderboy, leave Pulsar. <laughs> and also I'm going to take out Outrun 2SP. Okay. Because I haven't played it for a bit. It's been sat in the corner, and um, I've just not played it for a while. Yeah, but Volgus wasn't in a dedicated cab, so what are you going to do with the, the, the boring old cab you got with it? Well, looking at my setup, I'm getting less and less of the dedicated artwork and everything. So I've got some scissors, some glue, and some fuzzy felt, and yeah. I'm going to make my own artwork and stick it on sides. I'll tell you what, I'll do a marquee with my crayons for you. Yeah, brilliant. <laughs> and on that note, I'm, I'm rushing away to get my crayons, and we'll speak to everyone in two weeks' time. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening. Goodbye. You can download or play the podcast, read all the show notes, leave feedback at www.10pencearcade.co.uk You can email me at vertvic at 10pencearcade.co.uk You can also reach us on our Facebook page. You can tweet me at 10pencearcade and you can tweet Sean at Sean Holly. We'd love to hear from you 
for game suggestions, arcade pickups and stories, or any of your personal thoughts on anything we may have covered. 